everyone. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons at therewillbedungeons.com, a weekly taste of D&D. Uh, a pretty unique taste, I would say. And we're all here again. I'm Scott with Bo and John and Kristen and Kyle, baby chunks, ready to play another session of D&D. A uh, reminder that if you like to sip tea and listen to us or watch us, you can head on over to phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and check out the myriad of branded teas that are made in and around our show. The Pixie Blush is my favorite still, so go get yourself some and sip on a hot drink today. All right, before we get cranking here, let's throw it over to Kristen, who will catch us up from last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, debate was delayed with the instant inundation of a surprising surfacing fleet. It was led by a bounty hunter bound from Sigil with the significance of laying hold of Hope and Varel. Mastermind now managed the hive after hying to the Lady of Pain with corroboration of the contract Tabacho and Hope had consigned. As for the lizard, Mastermind was still mad about the suspects subduing in the M-Fight tournament. Foes were forced into the room while lasers laced Elhandar with baneful bangs, expeditiously exampling the need to abruptly abandon Elhandar. Stanley kaboomed the combatants with such force they were flung to the floor where Diantalus reveled in reaping the retreating. Though they were visibly victorious, the shivering of the ship required them to retire to Stanley's classified closet. Rapidly, they ran, collecting their companions. Entering an elevator, they descended, but the creons cracked, delving them toward... uh, Pardon me. But the creons cracked, delving them toward death. Never one to fold to fortune Varel, with help from all, incised the inside of the ceiling so Stanley's featherfall could fade the fatality. Now on the ground, they raced to the Rainbow Bridge to the forest. Serendipitously, speeders rested and revved them to the cottage as they swiftly swerved by dodgy debris. They dashed inside and upstairs and held tight as the din of destruction engulfed their encampment. Slowly, there was silence. The focus faded to one Dr. Spider practicing malpractice. He, Bloodskunk Henderson, and Serious Business were brought to Brent to untangle why hope was unavailable. Hearing the history, Brent decided to help them help her again with a resurrected reptile who treasured tricks. Now rejoin our heroes as powerful forces vie for villainy. What remains of the splattered spaceship? Where is the dragon's heart hidden now? And just what tribulations of tricks lie in store for the heroes of the waste? Not to freak anybody out, but I can't see Kyle. <laughs> he disappeared. I don't know what happened in his video. Cast he sent us a message. He said oh. Flynn pulled the power. He'll be oh. right <laughs> Do we want to hold up? No, no, you're fine. It's just it's just video. I'll add him as we go. We're good to All we're right. good to start going. Don't All hold right. up. I'm already here. Oh, hold Sweet. Up. Oh, he's, remember <laughs> he has back. haste cast on him. Yeah, he's got haste. <laughs> he's back. Yeah, we'll just watch for video. You're good. All right. So picking back up where we left off last week, uh, the crew was uh, in the Cadulet in the Arch, uh, the High Elves, um, Amantha Lodar's chamber and fought alongside Dian Talus, fending off um, a mysterious sorcerer-like figure, Henatar Grape and his asphyxiant army. There was a big battle. Um, it seemed that their forces were endless and High Elf Amantha Lodar asked you to return to the cottage, uh, Delit's cottage, that's stanley's father as it was safer than they expected it would be and so taking that instruction the party traversed 
uh, quickly through the space station into the cottage, went to the secret room up on the secret third floor, strapped themselves into the seats that had opened up, and experienced about a minute of sheer terror as the whole room rocked and crashed in darkness with sounds of destruction all around, yet they remained secure and safe inside. The, the journey became dark as the very chandeliers uh, in the room, if there was any light, they had gotten whiffed out. And this whole journey ended with a big <clears throat> crash. But the impact that you hit felt soft, as though something about the room was providing resistance or um, you know shock absorption, essentially, that you felt the lurching and your stomach sort of go, ooh, and then it righted itself. And all outside, you can hear metal and pieces of rock and stone, like, not frequent, but just like rocks going and, and, and like, like, like heavy metals and rocks moving under deep weight. You can you feel, but eventually it becomes silent. Just this small little, perhaps air circulating or something like that. Is everyone all right? We're all in the same space, right? We have Yeah, you're in the okay. third floor of the of uh what did I call it? Um Villa Ornath. Villa Ornath. Yes, yeah, the cottage that you've been staying at in the Elhandar Wilds. I'll speak up and say I'm good, I'm here. Uh I will look to see if my family's all right. Are they okay? And you look over and see you have two of your children and your in your carry case and mm-hmm. then you see Angela she has the other two and she looks at you just wild eyed speechless you look over Bok Bok is uh, sort of sitting in a corner he's I guess fallen out of his seat and he's just kind of been smashed in the corner and he's starting to pick himself off um, those with dark vision you can see this much clearer you look up and you see that Chunks is hanging from a chandelier up top just by his like diaper sort of swinging back and forth on the diaper above and um, uh, Liriel is of course seated quite comfortably uh, just waiting for everyone to make their next move Liriel will see Chunks up there and I think Mage Hand could pick him up and she'll pick him off the chandelier and bring him down safely perfect okay so the little Mage Hand appears and picks him up I guess by his diaper and takes him off the chandelier and floats him down to Liriel uh, if the chandeliers still seem to be in a state where they would work uh, for the benefit of people who can't see, I would light them. With the prestidigitation? Prestidigitation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. The lights come immediately on. And uh, the room lights up again. It was a very bare room, so there's like wood pa- paneling. Not paneling, but just wood, like lumber. Old, stained, you know, very pretty elven wood. Um, but the room's fairly bare except for the altar that you found originally found your father's book on, which is firmly planted into the ground. There's some chandeliers and lamps along the side. The seats have popped out of the various sides of this room. There isn't much other detail in this room, and it's very sparse. Almost looks like a, some kind of meditation chamber slash panic room, uh, as you've just used uh, that for. All right. Well, I would. Uh kind of unfasten myself because uh, we were all fastened in, right? Sitting on the, mm-hmm. against the wall. Um, get up. And how does the how does the door, the entryway 
to this place work and, and look? Like, is it always open? Can it be closed from inside? How does it open up? No, you instinctively closed it behind you. There's a sense that being in possession of the key sort of links you up to the door. So while you have to use the key to, you know, find the hidden lock in space, um, once once you once you do that, it just seems to obey your will whether to keep it open or closed. So you didn't haven't really used this functionality, but as you opened the key, opened it up, took the key back, and everyone ran up. You had an instinct to close it uh, in the moments before the crash, and then it just closed on its own and. Since the place was crashing, you just strapped yourself in. So you have a sense that you could probably open it by just clutching the key again and thinking about it. I mean, I'd want to take a look, see what the state of things is out there. If we, I mean, if we could hear things before and it has quieted down, I would be curious to see if we've settled and where we have found ourselves. Do you want to attempt to listen? Yeah, let's listen first before we open the okay, door. Make a perception roll, please. It's going to be a 27. Okay, so you listen, and you hear sounds of creaking and movement, very slow, not, not aggressive. And then you hear a voice. <laughs> you hear some talking, very, very quiet. Your keen perceptive senses pick up speech, but not aggressive speech. It seems like you read tones of concern in the muffles that you hear. I think there's somebody out there. I'm going to go ahead and open the door. Okay. Uh, you open the door. And the stairs uh, descend. And open up into the second floor below. And you immediately see there's a tiefling lying in a corner and another tiefling kneeling over top seemingly providing care and the tiefling that's looking over the other tiefling looks up and looks at you and then looks back at his at what he's taking care of you recognize the tieflings of harbor tieflings um i'll come down tieflings i'll come down the stairs one's injured the other's administering aid yeah, I mean the one the one injured looks just like they can't move. He's like groaning. He's like, oh. And the other one is just looking to find out, open up his shirt, and he sees that you see that like there's bruising, and there's some blood running from like his nose. He looks like he's in bad shape, and he's just sort of groaning like, oh. And the other tiefling's just trying to figure out where the damage is, what he can do. I'll help cast his... uh, healing word on the tiefling. Okay. Uh, you cast Healing Word, and uh, you have to roll some dice for that. Uh, yeah, 9 can... HP restored. Okay, perfect. So uh, you restore some HP to the... <laughs> you cast the Spell of Healing upon the uh, upon the Tiefling, and immediately it's, you can hear sort of like the sounds of mending bone, uh, tying ribs back together, and you know the, the blood sort of dries away. It's sort of, it's sort of like his skin turns oily, so the blood just drips off his face into the ground and then there's no more on his face and he seems to breathe deeper and sigh a big sigh of relief thank you he looks to you and says and he begins getting up and the other tiefling begins helping him up and has like his arm over his shoulder <clears throat> and they sort of look like can they go or are you going to go down the hall <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who are you how'd you get here did you Seek shelter in here? Are you from the harbor? We don't know. 
in the moments before everything started breaking, some elves showed up and told us to assemble in the center of town, of our little town. And next thing you know, we are here. Are there more of you? Yes. And he sort of points down the hall, and then down the hall you can see there's tieflings getting up. Like, the tieflings of the harbor are getting up down the hall. The doors are knocked open in a jar, and inside tieflings are, are seem to be caring for one another and trying to get up and brushing themselves off. Hope will slowly be making her way down the stairs at this point, and when she sees it, she'll gasp a little and run down past Stanley and start trying to help where she can. Okay, perfect. So um, so you move forward trying to help where you can, and the, the tieflings show deference to you, like they're caught between like their queen is present, so they want to be on their you know best composure, but at the same time they're all injured and beat up, and so there's like this fight between just accepting the help and also wanting to just show that they're strong and not weak. So as you move forward and start to help people, you see very whatever happened during the impact, they didn't have as soft as a ride as you guys did. And a lot of the tieflings, you know, bumped into walls and hit furniture. And by the way, furniture is a mess. There's just nothing but shit everywhere. Not actual shit, but the furniture is just like all over the place. Beds are broken. It's everything's destroyed. And and the tieflings are just trying to take care of one another. So you move forward and help. Why don't you make a medicine roll to see how effective your help is? Yeah, Stanley would be doing the same. Okay, you make a medicine roll as well. Let me just check in with Nash and Varel while you, after you after you do that. Let's get the roll results and twenty one. Okay, uh, seventeen for Stanley. All right, you both move forward with great heroism, helping the tieflings very successfully, and your comfort to all those tieflings who whom you visit to try and help on this floor. Now let's check in with uh, Nash and Varel. You guys are you see Hope and, and Stanley have immediately jumped out of their chairs and have moved down, and you can hear the sound of talking and tiefling voices below, and them immediately moving to action to to help those below. Um, I would turn to Angela Ashy and tell her that I should I should probably go help. Just yes, of course, Nash. Um, we'll stay here for now. All right, you take these two, and I'll hand her the two transmorphed kids that I have and then she takes them and, and she sort of um gently as she takes one she gently you know nurturingly sort of pets the head to make sure it's okay and almost like coaxes them to change into shape and then you know the fork turns into a fork and she puts the fork in and the boot turns into a boot and she ties the laces up into the belt and the pipe turns into a pipe she puts that in the tool belt too and, and Nash Jr. kind of just stays Nash Jr. and she's got the four kids okay. she's like don't worry I'll take care of them all right, you're going to have to show me that trick when uh, later when all this ends, and then I'll take off to go help. All right, perfect. So a giant cloak, cloaked man runs to the, the stairs and begins descending. Yeah. And you see the same scene I described before you. Hope and Stanley are moving through the second floor hallway from room to room, trying to provide care to the... Tieflings weren't in here when you ran up, but they're in here now. Okay. All right. Do you uh, need a medicine roll out of me? What's that? Do you need a medicine roll out of me? If you'd like to help, you I don't do have wanna, to help. I do want to help, yeah. Do you, do you know things about medicine? Um, I have a plus one. Or does Nash know things about medicine? <laughs> I mean, I have a slight modifier, but... Oh, okay. Well, I, I rolled a natural one, plus one for my modifier, so two. <laughs> okay, so you, you decide to go and help, and then you immediately start, like, you're like, does this hurt? And then you, you begin injuring people, and... 
and everyone's like a little too shy to say anything to you, but you can tell by the looks in their eyes that they look over at Hope or Stanley and they're secretly wishing that <laughs> they can't wait till they come help. Even at one point, someone going, Hope, <laughs> while you're interacting with them. <laughs> As you do nothing to help anyone, but you know, you, you are showing a lot of empathy and caring, so at least there's that. Yeah, I'm trying, but I suck. Yeah. Well, today, it's not, you just crash landed. You got your kids on your mind. It's just, you know. Yeah. But your heart's in the right place. Sure. It's a little intense. <clears throat> uh, Varel, is there, what would you like to do now that we've apparently landed somewhere? I'll exit the cottage and take a look at whatever the sky state is in our previous forest. Okay. You want to exit the whole cottage? Or are they still like, in the cottage? Well, you're in the third floor room. Everyone's on the second floor right now providing help to the tieflings up there. No one's gone down to the basement yet. Are there any windows or main floor sure on the second floor there's no windows in the secret third floor room but if you want to proceed down to the second floor and look you immediately look at the first window and this first area right when you descend the stairs there's two or three windows around they're completely covered by metal pieces and rock all the glass is broken in some cases rocks have fallen into where the windows are um your impression at this moment would be that this place is buried underneath a rubble how much is anyone's guess Okay, so not like blast windows lowering that stuff. No, no, just, they're just cottagey windows, but like literally there's no outside. It's all rock that you can see in every window. Uh, how many tieflings are there in here that I had to walk by? Um, there's, you count maybe a, a dozen or so on this floor. Okay. I would like to proceed down and find a door and see what the state of the doors are. Okay. You proceed down to the main floor and you again find the same thing. The door is broken open and rocks are spilled in at the door. All the windows are filled in with rocks. Every dish and plate that Lyria loves is completely smashed and broken everywhere. The stove is just all spilled. It's just nothing but a sea of objects and mess everywhere. But shockingly, the cottage is somehow still intact, even though everything's destroyed and all the windows are broken in with... um, Actually, you know what? I take that back. The windows would not be broken in. The windows are fine, but they use and the door is fine. But you see the rock, um, you know, right mushed up against the window. There's no outdoors at any window that you can see. And it's all rock. It's all rock and pieces of steel and rebar okay. and you know metal. Yeah, mostly rock. I would like to place my hand upon the ground to feel any vibrations from the greater ship. Okay. Perception roll, please. 20. 30, 20. You concentrate on the ground, and it's very subtle, but it doesn't share the same vibration as land earth. There's something unnatural about uh, the reverberation through it, which would indicate that you're on, you're still aboard a space station. It was a strange feeling you had when you first got to Landor. And on ships in general. Cool. I will start making my way back to the group with this information. Very good. And uh, by the way, also on this main floor, there were another two dozen tieflings, including uh, you spot Nobiaria and Eminil providing care to uh, tieflings. All right. I'll uh, approach Nobieri and tell him, you better come with me. He looks to you, he looks at someone he's caring for, and then he signals to another tiefling. A tiefling comes over, and then he whispers an instruction and says, Please, I'll follow. Excellent. And I'll take him upstairs so we can 
talk with Hope in the group. Okay, take upstairs. The floorboards creak, as chalet floorboards do, and you regroup with everyone. Friends, strangers, we're buried alive, but alive. Uh, Varel, we should probably talk about this privately. As she looks up from one of the injured people who no doubt has a horrified look on their face. I'll turn to one of them. You, madam, have you not been through much? Have you not seen horrors that most have not witnessed? Oh, sorry. I was looking at notes. Were you talking to me? <laughs> I was talking to a random tiefling uh, lady in the room. Okay, so repeat the question. I'm sorry. I was just checking my notes for stuff. Sorry. Uh, basically, have you not seen horrors? Have you not been through much? Oh, okay. The tiefling looks to you and is kind of stoic-faced, actually, and doesn't respond to you. Uh, you can't tell if it's uh, you're goading her or it almost seems insulting. I feel everyone in this room deserves to know what's going on. Nobieri speaks up and he says, What do you mean? Is there something we've not been told? Quite the contrary. I have no idea what's going on. And I would like to know. We are now trapped inside a magical house that somehow saved our lives from an overall collapsing spaceship. I still desire greatly to invade the flying castle and want to move fast. So I will not mince words. How do we get out of here? How do we continue our fight? I think the fight's done, Perel. We can certainly find a way out of here. Nash has more than enough means to teleport us and others out, but... The Nobiri, fight itself, no. I think, is done. Nobiri speaks up on the mention of teleportation. He says, Finding a way out was one of the first things I did. There is something interfering with this kind of magic. So we you can't may, get out of this place. Perhaps you have... You know things I do not, but... I, too, have means to travel great distances. And I was unable to secure an exit with what I know. Nish, how much space do you need to cast the teleportation spell? Sorry, repeat that question again. There was somebody in the room saying words to me. <laughs> Sorry, bad timing. I was just saying that perhaps I'd like to see Hope or Stanley for my broken leg. Oh, oh okay. No problem. We'll, we'll get that taken care of. Sorry, Hope, what'd you say again? How much space do you need for your teleportation spell as she walks over to the team fling? <laughs> uh, space. Uh, hold on. For your teleportation circle. Here it is. Ten, on the ground, ten foot in diameter. That's how much we need. So I need about to be, you know, generous. We need like 15 feet. 
of space to work in. Because okay. I, I gotta be able to be on the outside of it too, so I can't be ten exactly. So this house is powerful enough that we survived a fall from space. I think it's safe to assume it's probably blocking the magic. So if we could cut out a hole outside, we could do this. Well, the other problem is it takes a while. I think that's I mean, all we're right. Not going anywhere. That's true. It's like ten minutes, guys. Ugh. <laughs> Who's got ten minutes? Yeah, no, that's fine. We could if we can do that. I have the stuff. Uh, Noviere, you said you searched for a way out. How pinned in are we? Can we make any headway out of any of the doors, the windows, anything like that from what you've been able to see? I do not have the constitution of a strong man. Perhaps and he looks to Vorel would be able to move some rocks and see how deeply we are buried. There's a thing about underground. There's weight on top of said rocks. If I were to pick the wrong one, it could bury us alive through the windows, through the doors. Since we are in a magical predicament, I suggest we have a magical solution. Well, I'm all ears for ideas. Let's check the windows, the door. Is it stone or is it um, rubble, soft earth? Both. Stone, beams, metal. All of it has descended upon us. Is Have there... any of the rooms collapsed? Any of the windows broken that you were able to see? None. The entire house is a pristine that certainly seems odd. Your father was an expert craftsman. Well, if he was intending this to be a safe space, he certainly managed that, but unfortunately now he's gone and trapped us within it. We need a way to get this thing free of all the earth. Well, let it not be said I didn't try, and I'll head back downstairs to the door and prepare to open it. I mean, I can move Earth, but it needs to be Earth. And not, you know, cement and beams and metal. Yeah, check the front door. What are we looking at? And hope we'll start heading downstairs. Okay, you make your way downstairs, and Stanley follows, and you see there's more tieflings, and you notice Eminil, who nods to you as she walks across the room and provides care to another tiefling. And, you know, the tieflings are beginning to get up and <clears throat> stabilize and, and talk amongst themselves. And some of the tieflings you've noticed have gone to the windows and are inspecting them as well. Uh, you move to the front door, and the front door is closed, so you can't actually see anything. Uh, We'll just say Vorel opened it so that he knew. That's why I knew the answer to that. But uh, 
you can return back to the the front door and you give it an open and you see that there is indeed a wall of stone there's earth stone and metal beams and rebar like rubble from the destruction and you don't spot any passage through it no light shining through nothing yeah that's a problem says Nash I have no way to move that stuff around magically. Uh, Well, if this house is warded to keep it safe and keep it protected, maybe there's a way to disable those wards. Although, if we have a bunch of earth on top of us, turning it off could crush us. But maybe I can find something my father wrote about it. And I'll pull open the book and start seeing if I can find any entries about the house itself. Okay. So um, you might speak something like the villa or villa or nath, mm-hmm. which prompts the book. It magically opens and has a million pages and it goes and it stops. And then light begins emanating from the page as your father speaks. Stanley, you would do well to learn about everything there is to, you need to know about this place that I built. You have no doubt noticed by now that there are odd particularities with the way it has remained pristine all these years. This villa is my great gift to you. It is synchronized with the mask in the chamber above. Upon wearing the mask of Elton Four. You will be able to access all the features that I've installed into this cottage. It is no mere unassuming cottage. You may use the mask to shrink the cottage down to the size of a dime and carry it with you where you need to. The cottage is also impervious to threatening damage. You will also discover controls as the cottage is but a a small part of a greater structure. A kind of a vessel known as a spell jammer, which you can use to traverse the void. If that's not something you've done quite yet, then keep it in the back of your mind, because if you are to become the Seleli Prime, you will need to be familiar not only with the Earth, and not only with the elves of the Feywild. Your quest will bring you across the stars. And it ends there. I think I might have an idea. I have one. Let him out. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> we have Nobieri. He too was trapped inside of a book. Your father lives. My father does live. I don't think he's inside this book. I think it's just a magic journal. There's this a difference. I think this is a different kind of magical book. I don't think this is a nobiary book. I think this is just a just a magic journal. Okay. Magic solutions. I'm on it. I'll 
go back into the room and retrieve the mask. Okay. Uh, you did ha- you did take it with you, didn't you? Thought you had it in your inventory. Just if you want to dramatically put it I on there. I did. I did, but we can we can You want to go private? You want you want to pri- do this privately? I'll reach it. Yeah, it was in my bag. It's in my inventory. I have it here. Yeah. Uh Stanley will reach into the bag, pull out the mask, put it on his face. Okay. Um, so, you know, Stanley, for all observing, takes out this mask. It's made of the same obsidian dragon metal um, that Hope's guns are uh, and, um, well, Nash's dragon heart as well, but you guys don't see that pacemaker. Um, he pulls it out, and it's it's not reflective, but it's shiny. It's strange, It has a strange quality to it. And, Stanley, it weighs nothing. Like, you've probably held Hope's guns, maybe. There's a little heft to it, but that almost seems now intended as part of the balance of the weapon, because when you pick up this mask, it feels like nothing. You raise the mask to your face, and as you put it on your face, you feel it sort of become invisible to you, as if you have nothing on your face. It doesn't fetter you at all. And as you place them, place it upon your face, you feel this pulling as if something's trying to tear your face off momentarily, and then just, it's on your face. Now, the mask has a magical property whereby you can choose its shape. So um, as, as, as it comes online and as you put it upon your face, you feel that you have a choice on how to display this mask. Uh, so, yes, we talked about this. It, uh, it kind of goes down to more of like a bandit-style mask, but it, it arcs with edges, so it kind of gets the Nightwing look to it. So it's got kind of points to the side. And then comes down over the eyes and then points in the center. Uh, so you got kind of a superhero mask going with it. All right. So you watch Stanley put this mask on and then it sort of molds into the shape he prefers. The other notable thing about this appearance is that it has eight chromatic colored gems. that You can also place anywhere upon the mask on the sides if it looks more that way. Like they're movable, but they're present and they're sort of this rainbow color. And you can do anything you want with them in terms of placement. So, But those are also present upon the, the mask. Um, as you place it uh, upon your face, you, you, feel, you, you have this instant sense of knowledge as if, as if learning was deposited into your mind. And you immediately know what there is to know and can control um, the cottage. As you put the mask on, you feel that you have a sense that you could command it to shrink to the size of a dime. You know that if you cause it to shrink to the size of the dime, everything inside will shrink to the size of a dime. So you won't kill anything that's in it. Um, You're also aware that it's capable of flight and traversal, and it has a cruise control mode, and it has a direct telepathic link that you can control it with your mind. All right. Uh... I will concentrate and just as an experiment, try and think of it rising and lifting. Okay. You attempt to try to rise and lift it and you feel the creaking and everyone in the room now feels shaking. You feel the place shaking. There's a bit of a problem though. You're not attuned to the item. And the item doesn't trust you quite yet. And so it resists. And you can feel it moving, but at the same time, you feel that it's pushing against you. I think this is going to do it. I, I think this might be our way out. This this house is a ship. 
I think we can actually get it to fly, to lift out of this place, but it's going to require time. I'm going to need to... I'm going to need to focus and find a way to attune to this mask if I'm going to be able to do it. We may be here for a little bit. You've got time. So I believe the rule on this bow, correct me if I'm wrong, is it's going to be four nights before I can attune to it. That's right. Do I know that, or is that just what it's going to work out to be? Uh, no, you know that. You have this, this, this thing is communicating and depositing knowledge in you. You have an immediate awareness that to attune to this thing, you have to become intimate with it, and it has to trust you. And it requires four nights uh, consecutively, I believe, to uh, develop that trust and connection with you. All right. This is going to take some time, as in probably four days or so, that we're going to be here before I can properly command it. Noviri looks to you and he says, We cannot afford to wait four days. How do we know if. How do we know who is one above? If that. If those. If the enemy, whoever they are, have defeated the space station, they may be coming to search for us next. If we can't teleport out and we can't otherwise escape, we must prepare for battle. I mean, right now we can prepare for sure, but we're relatively well protected, and honestly, if they found a way to dig us out of here, they're doing us a favor. And what of air does this place? You cannot stay underground in a sealed chamber forever. We will soon die of lack of air. Uh, this is a space vessel. Does it supply air? Um, you think about it along with uh, the mask, and um, it does in spelljammer mode. Not in cottage mode. It's like a transformer. I found a transformer. Yeah. Uh, and without attuning to it, I am not able to switch it into spell jammer mode. No, Correct. it doesn't trust you yet. And you feel you feel the knowledge as like an alien knowledge. Like the knowledge you have belonged to whoever was named Elton Four. But you it has no personality. You just feel that you have a, another's knowledge as your knowledge. And that's about as best as words can describe it. Okay. I convey the ideas uh to everybody and then just sort of add Look, I'm doing all I can as far as getting us out of here. As far as survival for those four days, we may need additional ideas then. Burial will walk down the stairs going, Oh my, what a mess this is. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, I think I have an idea. Natch, how long does it take you to cast your spell? Uh, it takes just a, uh, well, only a minute to cast, but some preparation time to get it all set down there. 
Okay, how long is the preparation time? Well, I'm going to confirm that in my head here right now. I don't know why I'm talking to her like that. Well, uh... <laughs> I'm going to think about that with <laughs> brain space. I don't know why I'm doing that. All right, uh... Just to remind myself, total time... Oh. Actually, it doesn't give a time. We just assume it takes a while. I think it's a minute. No, so so does that have a ritual tag on it? Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, a ritual tag means you can cast it without blowing a spell slot, but it takes, I believe, ten minutes that you have to sit and cast and make a ritual out of it, but you don't blow a spell slot. Um, if you cast it with using a spell slot, I believe it's probably instant or, you know, the number, the amount of time it's going to take you to draw your circles and glyphs on the ground. Would the ritual tag be part of the components it's, listing? Cause it's not here. No, it's not a component. It's I've just got, a- I've got Nash pulled up. I'll let you know. Uh, it takes one minute to cast. It's not a ritual. ritual. Okay. Then it takes a minute. There okay. you go. So it takes a minute. That's it? I thought it took longer to... I know the cast time is a minute. Well, if you have ritual spell casting, it can take longer. And ritual spell casting is something the, the classes who do have it generally prefer to use because it doesn't burn their spell slot and they have all the time in the world to just, you know, draw things or, or whatever the ritual might yeah, be. This definitely burns a, a slot. Yeah. Okay. Well, then a minute, I'll tell her. 60 Earth seconds, I say to her. And how long will it last for? It's, uh, well, permanent unless someone disrupts it. Okay, so if this works, we would have ten minutes to evacuate everyone. Is there a place we could go? Yes, but we're going to have to discuss whether any of us want to go to these places. We have some choices. Uh, Okay, and before that, would we have a way back? And she'll turn to Stanley. We would. He could cast the spell again. Although, actually, no, we wouldn't. Not to here. No, uh, it takes there's... a year to make a permanent spot. Yeah. Oh, right. That, you know, uh, that's what I'm thinking of is the year thing. We have an ability to teleport to El Handar, although who knows? That could be buried under rubble for yeah. all we know at this point. So that leaves us Mars's transform, uh, transforming platform. Planet Nash, Tietkala, the White Tower. That's it. Oh, oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. So, so uh, many heroes are shrunk very small, yes? And they move through giants' homes to steal their treasures very small. And when they come out, they're big again. Could we fit this place through a mouse hole, a portal hole? Uh, you were talking about the, the cottage. Yes. And then we all go at once and we bring the cottage with us. Actually, that is something we could do. But again, it would take four days before I'm able to shrink the cottage down to that size. Hmm. And Lyriel will go back to thinking. <laughs> right now, we need to figure out a way to survive in this house for four days. Is there no 
So well, both, let it, me go check the food at least. And Lyria will head back to the kitchen larder area to see if there's anything, maybe the basement or something. Yeah, we got to do that. Okay. Um, there is a basement that you're aware of. There's a trap door in the kitchen area, and it is a larder. It mainly is a cool area to store, you know, meats and foods and stuff like that. Um, so you proceed down. Lyriel proceeds down into that area and has a look around. Turns, prestidigitates the lights on. I assume, and um, you don't spot anything unusual. If you'd like to make an investigation check, uh, you, you may. A twelve. Um, nothing jumps out at you as a solution here. Just there's just food, lots of food, and the food is all over the floor and everywhere. It's not stored nicely. It, it all got knocked over. She'll start picking it up and resorting it as she thinks. Okay, it's a good call. Sometimes you do another activity and something comes to you. A buck buck descends the stairs <clears throat> and he approaches Varel. He goes, Ah, buck buck got blowy. You need blowy. And he reaches into his loincloth and he's got this strange looking dynamite shaped thing, but it's technology made something he probably swiped on the space station at somewhere. You have no idea where he got it. Does it look like an explosive to us? It's dynamite shaped. It doesn't have a wick, but it's got lights on it and little buttons. Okay. Bok Bok. <laughs> where did you find this? And I'm in it. That's him saying that he he's he just found it somewhere. He doesn't really know. He just we saw it. He picked <laughs> it up and he put it in his pants. Is it blinking? Yeah, there's like a little readout. Like the lights here and then it goes off, and then light here goes off. Light here go. You know, sci-fi style. <laughs> That looks active, Bok Bok. We should go talk to L'Oreal to make sure you didn't get get something that's not blowy. Mm. Uh, he shrugs. I'll give him that 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 dad class, where, like right on the back of that, where you're kind of directing him where to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And him and I are going to head downstairs to find our hostess. All right, L'Oreal, you hear uh, this, you know. You hear Varel descend down, and and Varel, your head—you have to like move your head like this. This is a small basement, so you're like leaning to the side, and Bok Bok just jumps down the stairs, and they're now with you in the pantry. Oh, hello! My wayward friend found a device. Do you know its meaning? Oh, and would okay, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's called a beauty bomb. What does a beauty bomb do? Um, <laughs> you, you throw it. It's it's mainly used in parties. You kind of throw it, and everyone looks fabulous when it explodes. It does cast like uh, change. It has this magical properties that it makes everyone fabulous when you throw it at a bunch of people. Liriel will giggle and go, "Oh, don't worry. Uh, it might cheer everyone up if you go set it off upstairs." And she'll get back to sorting food. So it's filled with preserves. Oh, it's filled with party favors. And what is a party favor? <laughs> You'll just have to go find out. I love this thing. Very good. Uh, Bok Bok, we're off to detonate the people. 
Well, Squirts also <laughs> pokes his head over and, and looks down at what Buck Buck's doing and talks to Buck Buck. Ready. Or Squirt or Chunks. Sorry, I keep saying Squirts. I don't know why. If we had some idea of how far down we were buried, I could probably help move rubble. But as you said, Varel, I'm not sure... Oh, he's not here anymore. He left. Yeah, he's downstairs. Stanley, Stanley's upstairs oh, talking man. to himself. He's got his back to his friends talking and doesn't realize everybody's left the room. Okay, Lyriel will come up at this point. She'll she'll run out of the kitchen. I have an idea. Uh, Stanley, you were about to say scouting, scouting, yes? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, here. Here's my scout. And she'll summon her little ferret familiar. Okay. What kind of sounds does a ferret make? Does it have a... It just kind of chitters. Okay. It makes chittering sounds. Oh. What, what does this do? Uh, let, let me uh, read really quickly. <laughs> One moment. <laughs> All right. Um, I still have to figure out how far away it can go, but um, Lyriel will open the front door and kind of point it outward. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, what, what would you like to do with it? Like to have it run through the small rocks? Yes, to scout the area and let me know. Okay. Uh, is it spectral or is it uh, physical? Uh, let's see. It says a spirit takes an animal form. Uh, sorry for the holdup. That's well, okay. It's D anD D. We're allowed to oh, take good. stop as long as we want to look things up. Yep. That's cool. 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 Hmm. It goes to a pocket dimension when it's not active. <laughs> uh, all right. It seems like it's a, an existing creature that waits uh, in the pocket dimension when not needed. So it's created by magic, but it is not ethereal. It is a full-on physical creature. So uh, you'd like to send the ferret to the one of the windows and have it run out and scout? Yes, but then she'll see how small the holes are, and she'll go. She'll look at the ferret form and go, that won't do, will it? And then she'll snap her finger, and it'll become a little spider. Oh, all right. It pops into a little spider. See if you can tell us where we are. Okay, and the spider like raises one and goes like this to you, <laughs> and then walks to the tip of your finger and waits for you to deposit it somewhere. So Goodbye. window door, which direction? Uh, the okay. door as far up as she can. Okay, so the spider uh, hops onto the uh, onto the door and then climbs through, like walks through a little crack between the door and skitters out and disappears. And now we wait. Stealth roll. Okay. You can make one if you like. Are you hiding? <laughs> oh, I know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, okay. So do you want to do anything while you wait? Or does everyone just want to kind of... I would wait. like 
to, with a 20, dirty 20 stealth, sneak into the main room of tieflings, deposit the bomb, and prepare to raise morale. Okay. Do you know how to... Does... What counters his yeah, stealth roll? Is it passive perception? Would I see this with a 21 passive perception? Yes. If you, it would be a contest, and if your passive perception is higher than his roll, you see everything he does. If <laughs> okay, you were, if, so. If you, so long as you're looking in that direction, and you are in the main room, which he's entering. So you, you see this. Does anyone else have a high passive perception? I don't think so. I think I you're all sub-20. So. Yeah. I'd yeah. notice it, but I don't know if I would do anything. You don't have to it. do anything, but you definitely I'd, know. It's not, it's not a shock trust, to you what Varel's doing. I trust Varel, uh, uh-huh. so I just sort of watch it happen. Yeah, you trust Varel, who's now walking with the grenade-shaped device and ready to toss it into a room? You still trust him? <laughs> okay. Varel? <laughs> He's got a plan, maybe? I... Using my changing scales, I shimmy along the wall, deposit the device in a shelf of some kind, maybe facing the room. Uh, I don't know how to activate it, but if there's a button or two, I would press them. Yeah, there's a clearly button that looks like the detonation button. All right, and I press it and then drop to all fours and lizards right. get her out of there. As you press it, this loud, brassy music begins filling the room. Larry Like this wonderful orchestra, like Academy Awards style, just super loud music begins filling the room up. And then everyone looks around confused as this is like assault on their ears is happening. And there's like a deet, deet, deet. And a bunch of streamers and crazy stuff flies everywhere, and instantly everyone's clothes are changed to the most fabulous uh, ball gowns or tuxedos that you can imagine. There's even one male tiefling who gets a dress on because that's what their heart's desire is, and poof, he turns into the most beautiful belle of the ball. And you know, similarly, with there's a woman who's got like a wonderful suit on. There's all it's all diverse and awesome, and everyone's got the most beautiful thing. There's monocles and done up hair, and it just everyone looks like they're including Nash, Stanley, and Varel. You're wearing a marvelous. Well, you guys can decide what the formal marvelous thing is you'd be wearing from this beauty bomb. And even Bok Bok looks, he's got like a suit on, looks perfect. And so does Chunks or yeah, Chunks and, um, and Lyriel as well. So what are your, what are your appearances? So the, okay. So it goes off your heart's desire. Your your heart, heart it it reads your heart's desire. It's not conscious. It reads what you, what your character would want to ideally look like at a, at a fancy ball. So, So uh, it hits it hits Stanley and uh, nothing changes. He is fabulous. He just gets cleaner. <laughs> All right, perfect. Good answer. <laughs> That's awesome. Like his his faded clothes that have seen worn and it's all dirty from everything that's gone on and just and he just cleans and just spectacular. I'll accept it because you're already pretty fancy. But everyone can't <laughs> take that answer. I won't believe it. Well, there's no way it works for me. Okay, yeah, got... somewhere deep inside everyone's little heart is a fancy person that just wants to look fabulous and it's right. coming out. I know how Nash looks. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's uh, a a white silk suit, uh, top and bottom, with a mauve t-shirt underneath, open suit coat, but rolled up at the sleeves. Basically, Don Johnson from Miami Vice. 
That's how nasty. Great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Shoulder pads and everything, like just a little bit of padding uh, up love top. It. Yeah. Uh, Varel. All right. <laughs> you don't have to decide. I can decide for you if you wish. No, it, it would be a. It would be a mix of a classic bartending outfit with the straps on the upper sleeves, a white shirt, but buttoned down to the middle of the chest with the eye of Grosjil shining out strongly. Uh, the bow tie would be undone on the sides, hanging loose, and the suspenders would be going up over the shoulders. However, there is a large series of decorative spikes that descend off the back, leading to this beautiful uh, chieftain-like headdress sitting on top with many, many feathers. Awesome. <laughs> and finally, what does Hope uh, look like? Hope's got on... She's got a boss leather jacket and some leather pants and these steel-toed boots, a rocket launcher on her back, two shotguns, one on each side, keys to some car she doesn't own hanging out of one of the pockets. Perfect. And uh, aviators. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Everyone looks fabulous. And um, much to your surprise, uh, Varel, the beauty bomb then appears to reassemble itself and go beep, beep, beep. And then get back to its disarmed state and looks reusable for all, uh, from what you can tell. This. Well, this is the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> Whatever that was, this is just fantastic. Look at Nash. <laughs> Nash, you could look like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I wouldn't mind. You can't find this kind of stuff anywhere. I'd wear this all the time if I could. <laughs> and I'm going to start singing I Can Feel It Coming in the Air tonight as I turn around the other way. Kind of saunter off. There. Everyone looks fabulous. Nash sings? Badly. <laughs> but he was shown tapes in the solar mines of Miami Vice and he's into it. And Bok Bok walks into the little room and he kicks the beauty bomb into the corner. He's like, stupid! And he storms off really upset. Goes back upstairs. <laughs> you can hear him stopping upstairs. Was he dressed? Did it? Did it? Yeah, he's dressed. In, he's dressed in a suit. He's got a little goblin monocle on and everything. <laughs> uh, I will uh, adjust my headdress to see if it is real. Um, it's real, but there's a quality to it that you can tell it's illusion and not. Uh, it almost feels like if you pinched it too hard, you can make it poof and disappear. Okay. Noticing Nash beginning to sing, I will go to Stanley, grab him swiftly, firmly, but not unfriendly by the cuff, and pull him close and be like, you have however long this lasts. Friends, companions, and I will use my foot and push a couch aside, spin Nash around so he's singing, and, and start clapping on tune as best I can. <laughs> And just try to get everybody, you know, I know there's people with broken legs and stuff, but, you know, just trying to get everybody going because it's okay. what I got to give. Performance roll, please. Come on. Ten? That, that, no modifiers. 
Okay, ten. Um, but that's it's great. Earnest. Yeah, no, it's pretty good, and it's kind of like a yay kind of happening. Uh, you know, a little bit as the tieflings try to like see if this is a solution, but nobody's super into it, including your teammates, unless they really want to get into it. Um, but as you do this, uh, you begin to, um, uh, you know, there's a little bit almost of a, rub- a rumble, a and you feel it all throughout the cottage. And then there's this lurching, and the cottage, like, sort of tips this way, crazy cottage style. And you hear a, as, and then, like, the sound of rocks, you know, sort of spittling, I guess, across the top of the roof. And everything lurches from all the dancing. And now the whole cottage is, is crooked, and all that. Uh, you guys need to make dexterity saving throws, please. Oh, jeez. A 27. Okay, 12. perfect. 12. An 11. 22 for Hope. Okay, Hope and Stanley, you're all right, but everyone else slides down the side of the wall and piles up in the corner because, <laughs> you know, the house, the house is, the cottage is now like this. However, as the thing lurches, you sort of hear... Uh, the screaming from upstairs. Opal started heading upstairs. Okay. Uh, perfect. So, you, is everyone else? Anyone yeah. else go upstairs? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll it, follow. Yeah, was go. it Audible Bok Goblin? Bok. Yeah, Bok and Goblin. Uh, he said, Oh my God, <laughs> by the gods. He's just shouting about something he's seeing, but he doesn't say what it is. All right, so the party immediately follows Bokbok's call as he's shouting about something. And then he um, it's at the other end of the hallway, so you make, you make it upstairs. It's all crooked, but it's not that hard to navigate, just disorienting as you walk up the crooked house and walk to the end. And on the floorboard where Bokbok's body is looking around the corner, you can see a sliver of light shine through onto the floorboard. Okay. Is it coming in through the window or? Yeah, as you bound around the corner, you look and you see that something in the rock has moved and there's like this tunnel about 10 feet up in rock and you can see um, you see a shaft of sunlight coming through the ceiling. We might be okay has, for four days. Has the house settled? It's not still like tumbling or anything. No, it's settled it's in, tumbled, a crooked sta- it's- in a crooked state. We might be fine. This might have bought us time, although if dancing was enough to move it, our situation might be precarious. And improved by more dancing. <laughs> or maybe Improved worse. or maybe worsened. But for now, at least we have a source of air. Do the windows open, right? Uh, the windows can open if you wish, yes. Um, yeah, for now we'll open it up, let as much air in as yeah, possible. This, this window is on, on the on the top side, so as you open up the window, a giant pile of rocks spills into the room. Crumble, 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 and it's just like a whole pile, and everyone is able to get out of the way quickly enough. They were already prepped in advance, and the way you opened it was careful. Um, but pieces of rock and pieces of metal just slide in and so much falls into the other side of the house that it opens up the passage narrow enough that someone could climb out. 
And I mean, through the through the passageway. To... Sorry, just interrupt one more time. Through the passageway up above, you see a ship, the shadow of a ship, go boop, 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 looking like an El Handari ship, fly overhead, boop, 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 and then fly onto the other side. It looked like one of theirs. It didn't look like a like a. It looked like ship. it looked like the ships that picked you up in uh, Chitkala. It looks like we might even have some friends looking for us up there. I can venture a look. Okay. Um, so would you like to make the climb? Yes, and stealthfully with my changing scales. All right. Well, give me your stealth roll and give me an athletics roll as well, please. You said it wasn't that high up, right? Like we're not ten feet deep, deep down. Okay. You're not. You're not deep underground. You're just covered I, in rubble. It looks like now from your new assessment. I got a two, which is an eleven. So I'd like to assume my fabulous outfit. Uh, I wanted For to stealth? maintain it. No, with the uh, athletics. Yeah, you attempt to begin climbing, and you slide down the side, unable to climb due to the uh, slipperiness of the shoes you have. All right. I'll strip off my beautiful outfit and try again. Okay, you can just kind of pinch it, and it sort of poofs out of existence. (laughs) With a (laughs) profound sadness, I do so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 24. All right, and and that's your athletics roll? You're stealthing as well, right? 18 for stealth. Okay, so you quietly begin digging your way through the hole in hunter mode now. This is not dissimilar from being under the sand. It's just it doesn't give way like sand does. Big sand grains. You climb your way up and you make your way sort of poking your head out. I assume sort of changing your color to match the hue of the rocks. And an eye comes out over the top and you look around and you see that there is rubble and destruction everywhere. There's a giant vista of... um, just broken pieces of spaceship and you see the desert sun of earth that you recognize immediately and you notice that you're very close to the side of the rubble and that moving to the southern or northern side of where you're at you notice that there is um uh, there's a way to climb down and and to get back to the desert sand Uh, you look for the spaceship overhead you don't see it However, in the space, in the sky, you see lots of, like, fire tracers up above, way up above, beyond the blue. Things entering the atmosphere? Yeah, there's lots of things entering the atmosphere and burning up. Okay. It's only been, like, a a handful, like, ten minutes or so since you've landed. Like, this battle is still fresh. All right. With that in mind, I will resist the urge to go roll in the sand, and I will report back. Okay. And uh, you said uh, you said that the spaceship is cracked, as though, and the sand has come in. So clearly, there is exit from the greater spaceship. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, you'll be back. You climb down the rubble, and you'll be back on the sand from where you are. Cool. I re-enter the house. Okay. You're back on the second floor with the rest of the party. There is cause for celebration. We have freedom through that hole, and the greater spaceship is cracked, allowing us to escape. However. Much of the space ship is still entering and may crash upon us. I suggest we stay here for a time to make sure we're not assaulted from the sky. And did you get a good sense? Are we covered? Are we Should we be safe if we stay inside or are people going to notice a large house just sitting on the edge of a cliff? 
I think it's safe to say we are sufficiently buried but this hole. It's not a bad idea. Stay here for a little bit. Make sure anybody who's looking for us has a harder time. If anybody feels the need to venture out, we have means now, but... But... There is one question. And that is for Hope. Are your people capable of remaining sane in such a state? I have offered them a party, though they did not embrace it. I fear if we tell them there is a way out, they will immediately run, giving away our position. Yeah. Hope will look at Chunks, and then back to Varel. <laughs> but I thought you wanted them to know everything. Why the secrecy all of a sudden? Well, that was when we were all going to die. Now that we may live, I wish for them to not be fools. Okay. I would think they need rest. A lot of them are hurt. They need to recover. But they should know that we have an air. A thing of air. We can breathe. We're not going to die. Are are we in this room alone, by the way? It's just the four of you and Bakpak. Angelash, your voice is probably carrying up. Angelash, she's still up on the third floor. She might hear. I'll go to a whisper. Did we not... We were going to live. I am aware of this, yes? I think we might have been fine. Yes. 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 Okay. Look, the tieflings have proven themselves to be fairly... sturdy folk. I haven't known them to panic. They've certainly seen... They've seen... Rocks fall from the sky. They've dealt with a demon invasion, apparently, and, you know, they remain resolute. I think the least we can do is afford them the courtesy of saying, hey, you might have to spend a couple nights inside a confined house. It survived a fall from space. It's certainly the most safe option. I think it would be good news. As you discuss this plan of action, a loud, fiery sound begins bellowing through the hole leading out. It's going... And the light spilling from outside begins to turn blue and, and red. It sort of flickers between blue and red. You hear it just echoing out through the desert so loud that it's tra- traveling into this hole and filling the room and filling the house. And Jalashi from above says, Dash... What's that? It's incredibly loud. Not sure. We're we'll look in. We're we'll looking into it. Uh, can I? Mm, is what do we think it is? I guess I'm table talking here. How do we? What do we want to do? Go up to the. I mean, uh, I can offer you a check if you want to try to identify <laughs> yeah, it, or you can ask let's, your teammate. Let's try that. Let's give me whatever check you want to give me. Um, pursue. It's going to be a knowledge, I think, of sound. Um, so probably either choice of perception or history. Let's do. Stanley would definitely be trying to figure it out, too. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do I'll history because I'm... I'll add Arcana to the list of choices as well. Oh, really? That's even better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 28 for perception. 
That's a terrible roll. Twelve total. That's worth okay. Plus seven. Um, Stan- Stanley, you uh, identify the sound as something that is um, uh, something that's not only fiery, but something really large or something really powerful is creating that sound and. Nash, you can tell that part of the sound is like there's a crackling timber to the sound through the fiery burning that sounds like sort of this magical sizzle that feels amplified in a, in a very strange way that it's not normal for normal sound. And and so between the two of you, make sharing those observations, you get the sense that something really big or something really intense and monumental is occurring outside. Is the fire going over the hole, or would it be safe to climb up and have a look? All you see is light. The light's turned blue, and it's changed blue. And and if you want to peer up into to the sky, the desert sky, which looked, you know, warm and deserty, like it had blue, has turned into this blue, intense, almost blinding light that seems to flicker and then go back and then flicker. And there's a large, fiery sound. And it's growing louder. Now that you've spent a few seconds doing things, it's not going quieter. It's going louder, and it's beginning to shake the entire cottage. And you can feel the stones in the windows begin to rumble, and, like, stones are now rolling down the hole into the cottage. Um, I want to know what this is. I'm going to climb up and see if I can take a peek. Athletics roll, please. Fourteen. Okay. Um, with some difficulty, the, the the passage is getting wider and wider as the rocks loosen out into this room, and you climb up to, to take a view, and you sort of poke your head out, and you see that you're near, you know, it, what Favorel saw. You're near the side of the the where the space station crashed, and all the pieces of metal, so you can slide down into the desert. You look up, and you notice that in the sky there is a giant, a massive extinction level blue fireball burning up in the atmosphere and headed in your direction and behind it the castle spaceship is also on fire and burning up right after it through the atmosphere Uh, and they're headed to your direction seeing that I would drop down it's not too far of a drop get in close the window and uh, the third floor, is it big enough to hold everybody that's yes. in the house? Yeah. It'll be crowded, but yeah. I would say we need to get everybody upstairs now. Hope we'll okay. nod and immediately head to the first floor and relay the information to everyone down Perfect. there. Yeah. All right. Everyone listens and complies quickly. Um, and there's like much panic and much noise as everyone's like rushing up the stairs. You're hurting them up to tell them to get safe. Nobody wastes any time. Some people that are still injured a bit are a bit slower and you help where you can. Uh, within minutes, like a minute or two, you've got everyone up there. Stanley, do you close the door? And, and as this has gone on, the sound is growing louder. It's at the point where it's deafening. Yeah, they close the door. All right, you get everyone inside the room, you shut it, and then you hear this. It's like not deafening in this room because the sound appears super muffled, like super far away, strangely, even though you're just on a different floor. And then all of a sudden, there's this loud shaking, and the entire room flips upside down. I need to make everyone to make a um, dexterity saving throw. A 19. 
18 okay. for Nash. Mm-hmm. 14. Okay, perfect. Uh, sorry, 14 for you, 19 for Nash, 18, 18 for Stanley. 18 URL? for me, 19 No, other 18. way around. Yeah. But, yeah. That's all right. Okay, anyone roll 20 or above, I guess I should ask? No. All right. Um, you get thro- everyone in the room gets thrown out round like a laundry machine. Uh, they hit one wall. And let's see. Um, if anyone can burn a reaction to do something or use an action to do something very quick, uh, everyone's going to get thrown, tossed into a wall. I mean, I don't think Featherfall is going to stop someone being propelled into a wall, right? Yeah. All right. Everyone in the room each takes 14 damage, except for the children who are being protected by Angelashi, but all tieflings, everyone in the room, one tiefling in particular lands on its neck and cracks and dies instantly as the room begins spinning around in a giant laundry machine formation. Uh, The impact of whatever has hit has landed atop of the cottage that you're in and is now seemingly spinning you uncontrollably as you're... Uh, Nash um, does have a reaction. He would, he'd kick his DNA pants into gear and try to f- try to float in the middle and not get banged around with everybody else. Okay. Uh, do you want to grab Angela Ashley while you do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be my first thought was grab her. All right, then you need to make an acrobatics check, please. Can do. Her. All right, here we go. Oops, I'm rolling so bad today. Five total. Okay, you miss her, and she goes flying again, and everyone goes flying again. I would uh, like to do the same for chunks. Do you have any ability to float in the middle of the room? Oh, I guess he is flying, isn't he? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can still grab him, but you're both still going to hit the wall. Is it another deck save, or is it... It's another deck save, damage. please. Okay. Another deck save. More damage will follow. I got a 21 on that one. Okay. 19. Okay. Pharrell? 14. All right. Hope and um, Varel take, and everyone in the room takes 12 points of, or 12 points of bludgeoning damage as you're spun around again and slammed into another wall as the place continues to spin. Uh, several more tieflings die as they hit the impact of the wall. Um, they are all also looking very injured as moments slow down in time in the place. It's not just one wall hit. It's like they hit a wall, hit another wall, hit another wall. There's maybe been a total of 12 hits as they've like bounced around and the room is still violently spinning, although it's beginning to slow down. Um, there will be another check. Uh, and Nash, you now have another opportunity to save Angel Ashy if you'd like to make that ac- acrobatics uh, roll. And if anyone wants to help them, they might be able to provide assistance. Okay. Uh, I... Considering I saved last time, I would see Nash trying and try to aid him. All right, here goes. Oh, nat 20. I didn't even add my modifier. Hold on. 21. Then. Perfect. All right. So you this time, you after Angela, she hits the wall again, protecting the children by curling her body in a certain way, taking all the damage from the wall. You manage to clasp onto her wrist, but she clasps onto yours, and you now ha- are holding her in the middle of the room, and you're not affected by all the spinning, and you're kind of floating around and dodging all the bodies. Okay. Um, there's going to be another one. Does anyone have any solutions to, to protect themselves or other people, or they're going to take another hit? Nothing I can do. Is Chunks already dead? Uh, no, Chunks. Uh, who has Chunks? Liriel, I think, was taking care of Chunks. Chunks would be protecting. Liriel was the last one with Chunks. Yeah, so we'll say Liriel sort of picked them up. It has him, and basically for any of the kids, like the adults holding them are 
are blocking them, you know, like taking it in the shoulder or, you know, shielding the child by getting hit. But they are getting jostled around quite a bit. Bok Bok, of course, is flying around like a pinball. But he's not a kid. <laughs> no, he's not. Everyone's going to be fine with this, I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, Table Talk, and- Hope didn't take any damage inside the Diantalus bubble. Yeah. That was I also an orb. I had to unattune it to put on the mask. Oh, good technicality, though. I hate the attunement so much. <laughs> that, from that, like the limit on attunement, I think is dumb. Anyways, that's just me. Um, yeah. So, anything else? I nope. All right. Saving nothing. throws. Saving throws for the three of you. Nash, you're good. Okay. Okay. Hope and uh, Stanley, you end up stabilizing and and being okay. Pharrell? If you catch the wall, 15. All right. So you're going to take some more bludgeoning. uh, Another 13 points of bludgeoning damage as you hit the wall again. (laughs) Just like kapang, kapang, kapang. And a lot of the tieflings uh, as well, although they're starting to get used to the spinning. And the spinning is now slowing down. This is the last run of spins. As it goes, and then there's this like sliding sound, and then um, yeah, you still hear the sounds of fire. Now in this in this room, oh yeah, there's no windows in this secret third chamber, so you're now just there. You hear nothing, and everyone falls to the ground, and everything's broken in this room. And a lot of the tieflings like, even Nobieri's kind of lying on the ground, just like. Like no one is moving except for you guys. Hope's gonna immediately start going through the tieflings, helping where she can. Yeah, same. If there's anybody critical, I would cast healings on them. Okay, so yeah, everyone is pretty critical. That's about you know thirty tieflings. Bok Bok oh, is I don't. Mad. I don't have enough magic for that, but we'll we yeah. could burn enough to take care of maybe some critical ones and I don't know you can tell me how many spell slots that's going to use up alright um I mean you can burn all of them and not help everyone I think I would think like it's one spell slot per tiefling there's 30 of them roughly everyone's injured fewer dead as well I mean, again, I'd be saving it probably for the most critical people, especially considering we're we don't know what's going to happen. So, how many spell slots do you want to burn? We'll say five. Okay. All right. So you help five of the tieflings, and they're grateful, but still, you know, oh. they're getting up. But about how many hit points have you uh, healed them for? Uh, let me see. Uh, there was an eight. There was a seven. There was a eleven. Another eleven. And another eleven. <laughs> okay, perfect. So you heal some of the tieflings. There's still a, a rumbling sound going on outside of the room.
I don't think it's worth going and checking just yet. Especially if we're still trying to just get on our feet in here. Okay. Uh, you hear the sounds of, uh, as the rumbling sort of quiets a little bit, you hear this, uh, like a loud, like, Burr! and then you hear the sounds of like something going, and these are super loud. You can kind of hear them. Whatever's going on outside must be really loud. It sounds like the sounds of a clash. When you say clash, what do you mean? Clash of things? People? Battle. A battle. Okay. I think those of us that can fight should go and investigate. I think the rest should stay here. That doesn't sound like our size combatant, Stanley. I mean, the alternative is we sit inside this house and hope the right side wins and doesn't want to obliterate us. At least if we're out there, maybe we can turn the tide in our favor. Who can argue with that? Not me. Let's go. All right. Okay, so do you open up the stairways? Yeah, open up the stairway slowly, cautiously. Mm -hmm. Okay, you open up the stairway cautiously, and as you open it up, like this warm air sort of spills into the room. Like the hot desert air finally fills in, and you look down and you see the wind. The cottage has been knocked out of the rubble and is standing uh, upright in the middle of the desert. And you you hear these sounds of like, and like you hear, and um, and they're really loud. And every time you hear one of those sounds, there's like a flash of light that flickers throughout the room, almost blinding. Just like something really crazy is going on. And you descend the stairs and look out the window. And in the middle of the sand, like you see this long trail in the desert where the cottage has rolled and, and you know dug through from the pile. You can see El Halandar space rubble sort of in the distance now. And you see there's a being of blue energy, Diantalus, with his great scythe, swinging it around over his head, and as he swings it, you see the shape of, of Henatar Grape, who's floating on his disc, and he's got a big electric guitar, and he's going, bah, 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 and these shockwaves are flying out, and they grind Diantalus into the ground, and with this last hit, Diantalus hits the ground, and is like, trying to get up, and he's clearly losing to Henatar Grape. And as this happens, the giant castle spaceship burns up in the atmosphere, makes it through, and crashes into Elhandar. Exploding into a giant cloud of bricks behind Henatar Grape, who rises up for a killing blow on Diantalus as he raises forth his electric guitar. And all around him, there's the, he had these um, beads, this bead necklace, and he's no longer there as these blue glowing balls circle around him like sort of seemingly sentry style around him as he floats standing on his disc with his electric guitar and he looks down at him and he goes and the shockwaves from the electric guitar push Diantalus into the ground further and he's like and you see like ethereal blood from his nose and from his ears as Diantalus is clearly being defeated right in front of the cottage Uh, let's take a break oh man (laughs) All right, what a moment. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, about 10 minutes or so, we'll continue on with whatever the hell's going on outside. We'll see you then. Yeah, um, I mean, all right. It's 
Let's see. Um, okay. I think we're good. We can go. All right. All right so here we go. We're back, everybody. It's back for part two. And Bo, it's back to you. All right. I want everyone to picture Henatar Grape, all three heads in his purple uh, cloak. He's standing uh, on his disc, floating high above the ground, above Diantalus, playing these power chords. Yeah, like that. And these sound waves are, like, rippling through Diantalus and pushing him into the ground. There's this large thing. And as he's doing that, his castle ship crashes into Elhandar. And it must hit something very important, like a power reactor or something deep inside Elhandar, because then this mushroom cloud just goes behind him and all the wind blows Hanatar's um, cape everywhere and his hair all crazy wind style and this wave of dust and it that wave hits the cottage and that, this actually sort of in the open window blows through and a bunch of dust fires into the cottage but clears very quickly and you see this giant explosion behind Hanatar as he's pushing Diantalus to the ground he's like he's going yeah and he's just like super, all three heads are screaming out, yeah, as they're, as they're defeating Diantalus before your eyes. And then finally, he be, he stops the cord and he looks down at Diantalus and Diantalus finally, just his ethereal form goes limp and just falls into the dirt crater that he's in. And then Henatar's form begins slowly getting larger and larger as he approaches the cottage. So he's coming at us. How big is he? Yes. He's human. With three heads. Oh, I see. When you say larger and larger, you just mean closer and closer to us. It just means he's now like floating in towards your direction. Uh, so this is an opportunity. If, is there any planning or anything that you'd like to do before he he's heading to, to your location? And he's left Diantelis behind him. behind him more ships are burning up in the atmosphere as they fall into the, into the sky well through the transitive property of power we couldn't beat Diantalus this guy just beat Diantalus and now we gotta do it with uh, I don't know about the rest of you I have almost no spell slots left and I have 34 hit points <laughs> um, so yeah, hope hey, looking bad too. going great I'm looking pretty good, but I'm doing fine on health. But I got nothing. Wait a minute. I got some, but not a lot. Well, the house is invincible as far as we know it. So back in the house. I mean, it is, but it also seems like the kind of thing that you could just open a window to. Is he see? Uh, he knows we're in here. Knows we're here, right? Like, there's no. Yeah, I mean, he's he's coming towards it. Um. Jeez, I'm inclined to get in there and see if he can get in first. Like, make him. It is D and D, a game of adventuring and battle, not a game of risk analysis and aversion. I just want to <laughs> point that out to everyone. Well, it is when your when your chips are down and you, all your slots are spent. You're allowed to do whatever you want. I'm just I'm just offering my comment. Be taken as it will, either suspiciously or with great um, inspiration. I mean, the ga- guy just guitar solo yeah our boss 
into oblivion. Yeah. But so, how's Minotaur Grape looking? Does he have any scratches on him? Granted, uh, he, yeah. he looks fine, but his entire fleet is burning up in the atmosphere. And keep in mind, Dientel has probably killed the entire fleet and, you know, faced this foe as the last foe and, and may be... You don't know if Archfey get exhausted or, or what the deal is, but Dientralis has certainly contributed to your side quite effectively. Okay. But he's being defeated. I mean, this guy was a total friggin' wuss when we fought him the first time. We hit him one time with a destructive wave and he went meh and retreated. But yeah, he just beat up Dientalis, but also what a little baby. <laughs> oh. I, yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's stand our ground and fight then. Wait, 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 wait. The, the language changed there. So Dientalus is being defeated. He is not currently on the ground dispersing. He's on the ground not moving in this, in this crater that was formed by the electric guitar. We don't know if he's dead. Whatever death. Uh, not formed by, sorry, it wasn't formed by the electric guitar. It was likely Dientalus hit the ground and created there's a trail of where he also hit hit the Elhandar burst you if you had just for simplicity's sake he's the his blue light was what impacted the cottage and blew you out into the open and then there's a trail where his body like has like bounced across the sand and created its own crater where he was uh detained by Hanatar his electric guitar okay i don't want to run away from stupid guitar man <laughs> no and no, no, no. and Diantalis is now our friend for what seems like our final you know this is, it's one of those things where we get to the end of video game and they're like oh, you saved Diantalis press this button because you saved Diantalis and so we have a <laughs> we have an out for the final battle so i say i say i set off the party bomb again cleaning us up completely making us look beautiful and gorgeous and we hit the ground running looking intimidating and awesome Sure. Yeah. Like nothing happened, you know? We're just all looking fabulous. Yeah. Well, here's the question. Was it just Pharrell and Nash that were outside, though? Oh. You guys are all on the second floor. No one's outside. Okay, so the information... You descend to the second floor. You're looking out... Yeah, you're looking out the window. Yeah, you're all together. He's just hell-bent on destroying everything, so it doesn't even matter if he saw us or not. He's going to come over here and destroy this home and whoever's in it, this ship home. Look, we're probably going to have to fight him. Yeah, I say we fight him. Hope's going to look like she's smoking a little as she uses her second wind to regain some health and nods. And then she'll ask Stanley, does this place have any guns? Uh, does this place? I, it's not going to respond to me anyway. So you haven't seen any guns. Oh, you mean the does it ship style have demonstrate guns? Demonstrate a simple can. Uh, it has defenses. It does, but and I'll think about using them, and I imagine it resists, right? Yeah, it doesn't trust you yet. Your conduit to the house is uh, unattuned. Does anyone have a way to heal me? A little bit. <laughs> wait, does is wait? We have clerics. We've got two flipping clerics in this ship. We've got Nobiary and uh, Eminil. You do. 
They will disintegrate, however. That's that's what happens. That's fine. Huh? Okay, because I'm cool <laughs> including them in combat, but I don't want to say y'all's NPC friends should die. You don't, you're not in combat now. You're not in combat now, and you don't have to invite them in combat. You could ask them for their stuff and, you know, try and buy... Maybe someone could buy some time while other people are getting healed up as a suggestion. Cool. All right, well, table talk done then. I am going to go full Varel. Uh, well, hold on. Healed? Let's let's <laughs> get the healers first. Uh, Eminil, Nobieri, we have to hold this guy off. Is there anything you can do to get us back up to speed? Nobieri's head appears on the side quickly, and then Eminil's as well. I think, what can we do for you? Pharrell, uh, hope you, you're damaged as well, right? Yeah. I'm barely, uh... We could use a little healing if we're going to step out there. Nobieri and and Eminil look at each other and they go, yes. And they begin descending the stairs. And as they send the stairs, a giant power cord hits the house. And the, the sound of this loud power cord shakes the house. And you can actually see it affecting. The, nothing's broken this cottage. But this electric guitar is reverberating the cottage, starting. You see, like a nail sort of work its way out of one of the woods and go, and drops to the floor. Henatar's electric guitar has the power to seemingly weaken the integrity of the structure. I will stand in front of the clerics as though receiving a spray tan and turn to my companions. We need to get that guitar away from him. How far away is Henatar at this point? Um, brief glance out the window. He's still. Let me see. Yeah, you know, about a hundred or so feet away. Maybe two hundred. He's still distant, but he's okay. approaching. And but as you do that, Eminel and, and Nobieri waste no time. They begin casting healing spells upon you, giving you everything they can, exhausting their entire uh, battery of whatever magical energy they have left to heal you up to full. So if you have, uh, you can just peel yourself up to full. You can also count a bit of this time. Well, it's too stressful for a short rest. Never mind. If you have hit dice, you might be able to expend them, but you, right, you need to buy time for that. All right. Is he walking or time. flying? He's I flying like, he's on a disc. Wait, don't I, I have able... more of those pills that give you a complete refresh, but then exhaust you? You might are they in your inventory <laughs> no <laughs> uh, you gotta keep I those notes i don't keep up, i don't keep a copy Hold of your on. inventory let me let me look uh, ocarina study key eight empathy grenades a cottage key that's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> badass's book a lohar lohar skull for free me scroll for freemium no, I don't have pills. I think I removed them when I gave them to Varel and he didn't so, eat them. I need to go get a drink of water. You guys continue planning. I'll be back. All right. Did anyone get how high up he is flying-wise? No, I but... I, I think Rose said that he's like just, just enough to feel impressive, not high enough to be awesome. For Hope us. has teleport if the hand works. She could get everyone there. 
assuming I think I have to roll like a percentage and on a one to five, something bad happens, but because we could see where we're going, the percentage would be super low. Okay. So we could surround him uh, the second we start and just eat the crud. I'm going to say we get him off that disc too. I feel like that's given him a lot of boost. Yeah. My goal is to wrestle the guitar away. Bo keeps saying, um, that he's just a human, so I have hold person, which I can cast on him, which is going to be awesome because it means if you hit him with melee, he gets a crit. Okay. Um, so that's going to be big. I also have heat metal, so if that guitar has any metal to it, I can make him drop it. Awesome. Oh, perfect. Um, oh, I like the teleport idea a lot. I mean, the yeah, metal, there is the chance for mishap, though, is the thing. But if hold person is 100% accurate, I'd trust that. Because you never know how the dice are going to fall, right? Well, we, we end up back in Sigil or something. Sigil. All right, what do you got for me? Man, Kelso is polymorphic. Okay, well, we have a, we have a plan. Okay, before, before you engage in the plan... You hear Hanatar's voice unnaturally amplified boom through the house, and he goes, Piggies! Piggies! Y'all better come out of that house before I huff and I puff and I blow that house down! All right, what's your plan? Is he with? Is he within a hundred and twenty feet of the house yet? Mm, yeah. All right. Just, just to start things off, seeing as he's far away, out of range of most things anyway, uh, and because he's annoying, AF. Uh, Stanley's just gonna peek over the windowsill, fire all three beams of Eldritch Blast out the window at him, okay. and uh, you know, take some pot shots. Okay. You like you know cowboy shootout style or something, uh-huh. right? Like you love it, yeah. okay? Um, and this this is a cantrip, right? Yes. So it doesn't. All right. So you, the eldritch blast creaks out across the uh, uh, across the desert, and don't roll any damage dice because one of the blue orbs floating around him, six that you can count in total, absorbs the energy of the eldritch blast and sucks it up, and then the blue orb turns gray but still spins around him. Did it do it for all three beams? All three beams hit the one orb. Okay. I'm going to react to this and go, that's some bullshit! And I'm going to fire a firebolt <laughs> cantrip at him, see if fire does any different. Okay, that is a ranged spell attack, right? So yeah, 120, attack roll. 120 yeah. feet. Oh, it's a, is it? Okay, perfect. It's a cantrip, yeah. Does it hit him? What's I guess the roll, I, get a, sorry. I get a roll for hit, sorry. wasn't thinking. I am cursed tonight. That's a three. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> I should be a, way higher than yeah, that. Yeah, it's a ten because I get to. Yeah. So it's I okay. still rolled a base three though. It's so terrible. the firebolt firebolt fires out with great enthusiasm, but as it reaches a hundred feet, it just kind of dips down and sticks into the ground. He just kind of looks at it and then looks back at the cottage. <laughs> well, since we're not in turn order, turn order, I'll do it immediately again. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just keep blasting. Just oh, if we're gonna keep blasting, we're gonna enter into combat. 
25 for that roll. Give me that one before we go into combat turn order. Okay, sure. The firebolt streaks out, fires, and it hits one of the blue orbs, and it grays out. Shit. Well, if, I mean, if you guys are in range, Hope and I can enact the plan. Yeah. I think we have to, we might have to run outside first, but we can do it. So okay. I'm going to shoot Eldritch, I'm going to give a nod and shoot Eldritch Blast again. Okay, so you you go out, you move out, you fire uh, Eldritch Blast at, at Hanatar. It hits one of his orbs and that orb grays out, but then you notice one of the blue orbs lights back up from the first Eldritch Blast. Ah, okay. And he stands there sort of fussed with himself and he goes, my turn! And he goes, burr, 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 I'm gonna break that cottage down! And he burns the electric guitar and it shakes up and more nails begin to loosen up the cottage. Go over all. And hope we'll start moving downstairs to the entrance of the cottage. Oh, I guess the cottage is entirely clear, right? Because we can just go. Yeah, you're that. clear of the rubble. It's just okay. sitting now in the middle of the desert. <laughs> cool. All right, so you make your way to the front door and exit the building. As I, as we do so, I grab the party bomb. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. All right, so you exit the building. and make As we do, I press the button so that mm-hmm. it begins its fanfare. And as this is going on, Hope will grab Varel by the arm and cast teleport. Uh, Hope has teleport? Well, it's part of the still hand. still working. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so you cast teleport while he's down there, and what are you you're teleporting Varel to where? Varel and I are teleporting to uh, Grape. Okay. Uh, as you go to cast teleport, there's this sort of like, you burn the charges, the teleportation doesn't work. There's something interfering uh, in the area. Your best guess is as you feel the source of the energy, it might be coming from Henatar himself. And this okay. voice booms out okay. and he says, I get a sense someone trying to trick me with some teleportation. I ain't the world's greatest bounty hunter. The world's the cosmos' greatest bounty hunter because they let people slip away with their teleportation shenanigans. Like I said, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. And I'm enjoying the hard way. And he goes, and he strikes another note. She rattles the cottage. Well, in that case, Hope is going to nod at Varel, let go of his arm, and start dashing down the desert toward him. Okay, so you start a charge towards him. Varel, do you follow? Yep. Looking fabulous. Right. Combat begins. Let's get those initiative rolls. And I have the map in roll 20. It's not going to look like what's currently happened because everything went off plan, but there you go. <laughs> so we'll just say that uh, this area here is the cottage, perhaps. <laughs> Uh, okay, Hope and Varel are here, and I'll just move this entire squadron to here. That way, it sort of makes sense. Oh, you get back in there. In the grand tradition of rolling terribly, five. <laughs> well, you know. Oh, that's not one of the ones charging. That's Hope and Varel that are charging. 
You guys are in the windows of the house, cowboy style. And Henatar Grape. Hang on. I just need to center everything. Put it right here. All right. Now, ignore that picture. I couldn't find a picture that looks like it. This guy totally has hair. Um, yeah, so, all right, five for Nash? Yep. 19 for Vivarell. 19 for Vivarell, okay. 20 for Stanley. And... 21 for Hope. 21 for Hope. Oh, nice. There. All right. Okay, and Henatar rolls a 17. That means Hope, you're up first. All right, Hope is going to dash 60 feet toward Henatar. Okay, perfect. Uh, 60 feet. So move your 60 feet. And so the dash is an action that leaves you with bonus action as you try attempt to close a distance. what bonus actions I have, but I think that'll be it. Okay, so uh, everyone watches as Hope dashes head on towards the floating man in a purple robe with blue orbs circling around him and a magical electric guitar that sort of floats so he doesn't have a strap on it, it just floats in front of him and it seems to just emanate sound. Stanley, you're up next. All right, Stanley thinking he might have an idea of what's going on with uh, these orbs based on what he's observed so far is going to step out of the cottage, climb out the window, and uh, move at kind of a diagonal that away. Okay. As he jumped from the second floor window? Oh, I did. yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're, on the, you're, you're fine from the second floor. You'll have to run sure. down, and that'll take probably most of your turn to get to the front door. Uh, yeah, I'll jump out the window. Okay, I'm acrobatic. Uh, Why not? I make a make a saving throw, but uh, or a skill check rather. But if you fail it, you'll just take a small amount of you know. I think it's a d6 of, of fall damage. A twenty-two. Okay, you jump out and land safely on the ground, sort of doing a little tumble, and you don't take any damage from the fall and. That was just your first movement, so you can keep going. Uh, okay, so he's going to stop there mm-hmm. and calling upon, because it's been a long time, he's been nervous to use these powers, but meeting the fish bird kind of taught him maybe he should lean into it. He's going to call upon the trait he learned from Katobal Praith and hex this guy. You're going to Hex Henatar? I'm going to try. Okay. And uh, so Hex, Hex provides a debuff, right? Uh, it does. Uh, you place a curse on the target. It's going to... I'm going to deal additional necrotic damage when I attack. I also get to pick uh, one ability when I cast. And the target has disadvantage on ability checks made with that chosen ability. Okay. So, um, we'll so say... I- 
we'll say dexterity. Okay. As you cast the spell out, uh, the, the magical energy moves to envelop him, and one of the orbs takes it and counters it, completely nullifying it. But there are now three <laughs> gray out ones, right? Uh, there's currently four orbs lit, and now there's three orbs. Yes. Wait, I thought he had six orbs. He had six. He was down to four. And now he's down to oh, three. Oh, so now he's down to three. Okay, got it. Got it. <coughs> cool. Uh, and then... Oh, and one relit up, actually. That's why there was minus two. Three. But, Sorry. Three. Okay. We're on the same page, though. Three are out, three are on. Maybe I should maybe I should put a visual representation so we can keep a count. I'll take care of that as the play continues. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, um, and then as a bonus action, I am going to spend my bardic inspiration. Um. And I'm going to... Everybody here should be within 60 feet. They are. Uh, and I'm going to do Mantle of Inspiration, give everybody 11 temporary hit points, and they can burn their reaction for movement if they so choose. Awesome. Which I am going to do as well. How much movement is that? Uh, your regular movement. Thank you. I'm going to float down. Just keep in mind, it does use your reaction. Okay. Before we move on to the next move, we'll have something to resolve with Hope. Okay. So, Hope, uh, as you move closer towards him, one of the orbs lets out these blue rings. Think of Star Wars stunning. These blue rings immediately go, and they uh, hit you. Uh, You'll need to make a... Wisdom saving throw, please. Actually, excuse me, Constitution. Excuse me. You can use that for uh, same role if you want, but it's 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 Constitution. Okay, cool. Um, so twenty one. Okay, so it it reaches out to try and hit you, and you feel that it tries to stop your motion and affect you, uh, but you resist it, moving through it, and then now an orb goes down to two orbs. Cool. And hope will call back. You see that, bro? All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to do with your turn, Stanley? Okay. Uh, perfect. Uh, that brings us to Varel. Cool. I uh, tell me about this guitar floating ahead of him. Uh, it's in floating front in front of him. It's like it's a it's an axe. So it's like it got these like crazy shapes to it, like this crazy you know that V shape of a metal guitar. It's and it's really large, and it it has all these like horns and sort of like crooked shapes all through it. Very articulate, very ornate, very expensive. Looks like it's made with some strange, you know, some some very glossy, very just luxurious um, substance and material of some kind. Including the top of the head is very also ornate, and it's got little skulls where you, you turn the skulls to tune the guitar and the strings just are like and the fretboard lights up with magic as he plays it and he's just it's just playing on it's floating it's it's like it's just it's standing there but he has no strap on but so it's just like it's there and he's he is touching it 
He is touching it, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, and how big are these orbs? Uh, these orbs are the size of, like, a dodgeball, maybe. Like, well, not dodgeball, like, maybe that big. Like, a, okay. a large softball. Well, as we all know, Varel isn't very good at saves. So what Varel would like to do is run up, which he can absolutely make it to here. Enter my rage, delivering three points of damage. Okay. And, and I would like to grasp two orbs at once. Okay, so first you're moving into the vicinity of the orb effects. I should probably mark it a little better, but um, you need to make a constitution saving throw, please. And there's only two remaining, so I'll get rid of one of them. Okay, I was about to ask about that. and They're not I'd actual geographic it. locations. They're just there okay. to mark the number of orbs. He, they're actually really close to him. So if that if oh, you want to change gotcha. your move, it, I'm just putting them here so that everyone can keep a visual count. I don't have to remind you all the time. I'll, I'll move them aside. It's more of a meter on the right. Gotcha. So it's more I entered his his zone. Okay. Yeah. So okay. because you're, you're within 10 feet, but you can remake the move because maybe you were misled by the map. So you can readjust. They, they're close to him. They're in the same five foot square. I'd still try to grab two of the orbs at once, but one's going to activate on me, and I rolled an okay. 11. So to, to grab them, you'd have to move within five feet, but you've moved in the rage, you've rolled an 11, uh, which means one of the, the orbs goes and stuns you. Four. Uh, you are incapacitated. You can't take actions or reactions anymore. You can't move, and you can only speak falteringly. You fail strength and dex throws, and attack rolls against you have advantage. So you immediately just like are blasted by it, and you, your body goes limp, and you hit the dirt. <laughs> um, you'll be able to make a saving throw on your next turn to remove to clear the status. Cool. All right, if you want to mark that, uh, you'll be able to make it at the start of your turn. Okay, perfect. So I'll put, mark that. Start a turn stun check, and your turn is over. And Henatar uh, smiles and he looks like, well, hot damn. And you guys are full of spirit. Now feel my spirit. And he goes, dun, 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 Mm-hmm. That's 29. Gonna be... Ooh. <laughs> I know, I rolled a nat 20 with a plus 9 on my save. Nice. It's got a 4. 12. A 23. 12 for Varel and 4 for Hope. The guitar rings out and the rage of the sounds envelops your ears and you're unable to, you don't have a means to stop hearing it. And it envelops everything inside you and fills you with an uncontrollable rage. Pharrell, it clears your stun status, but now you want to attack anything that's closest to you. Each turn you'll have to attack and you're now in like a mosh rage. Same with you, Varel. You will attack anything and everything that's closest to you as you're forced to while you were charmed in this way. So you're both at charmed. You're charmed to attack, you know, a metal metal style attack the nearest thing to you. Devil horns your hands and just uh, claw into them. 
Yeah, and then for those who weren't charmed, you now need to make a constitution saving throw as well. Oh, no. So Nash and Stanley. Holy shit, that's another nat 20 for a 24. Uh, 13. All right, uh, Nash, the force of the sound is so loud that it knocks you prone from inside the house as you fall over prone. Okay. Um, Yeah, all it does is it knock you prone, and also... You, because you failed the roll, you take shredding damage. I'm out of the house, by the way. And you haven't I, had your turn yet. You're in the house. No, I, I did. Used I, it oh, you moved. My Perfect. Yeah. Great. So you're floating out of the house. I am floating. Yes. So I'm in the. So you fall. To, but you fall to the ground. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're going to take fall damage as well. Um, but you current you taking 14 shredding damage, like okay. musical damage, essentially. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, is there a good one for that? Like psychic, let's say psychic damage. You take okay. 14 psychic damage just in case you have resistances or anything that can affect it. Oh, no, um, and then you're maybe f- floating 10 feet in the air as you float out the window. So you take one point of bludgeoning damage on the fall. Okay. And you're, you're prone. Okay. And uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, Nash, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Um, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, I have to roll dice. One of his orbs comes back online, and he's now at three orbs again, or two orbs. Sorry. Would you say these orbs are are they like shaman, like in World of Warcraft? You, you're spinning around. Yeah, his if body. you picture Thrall's necklace, it doesn't look anything like it. But like those orbs, they're not on his neck anymore. They're floating around him, like in a shoot, like a space shooting game where you have those things around you that shoot rockets. Like they okay. they twirl around him incessantly creating this orbit around his body and protect him, essentially. All right. Um, and remind me, when I'm prone, I am now, I have, there's, that's a problem, right? With I, I can't do movement other than get you up. You use half your movement to stand up. Okay. So, you'll, you know, if you stand up, you'll get 15 feet of movement instead of 30. All right. In that case, what I would like to do is get up. Um, and then I'm just going to float a little off the ground, and I'm going to cast Haste on Stanley. Make sure he's in range. So I'm going to have to move a little bit. Half my movement, so let's go. I think that'll do it. Just make sure. Okay, I think that gets me within range. Yep. Okay, I'm going to cast Haste on Stanley. Okay, perfect. And All right, remind me what haste does. That's an AC increase, right? Uh, you get, yes, and you can, uh, hold on. I'll pull it up to make sure. Okay. I'll, well, I'll look it up. Here it is. It's fine. No, you're fine. fine. Tiger speed okay. is doubled. You gain a plus two bonus to AC, and it has advantage on dexterity saving throws, and it gains additional action at each of its turns. So that's the main thing is you get you get a bonus action or an extra action. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's it, basically. 
Okay. So you are hasty, McHasty. Awesome. And I will end my turn there. Okay, that brings us back to Hope. Hope, you are now um, under the influence, charmed by the power of metal, um, as as you feel you're filled with this rage. Now, Henatar has floated. Uh, I didn't mention this, so I guess that card laid, card played. Henatar is the closest thing to you. Cool. Hope is going to viciously scramble up and kind of like monkey on the front of him. And then use her knife to stab into his neck. Okay, oh, so in order to in order to climb up, that'll be an athletics check, and it'll use your action for the turn. You won't be able to um, attack in the same turn unless you can get another action. Gotcha. So I wouldn't be able to use climb as my movement. Uh, you can, but it's going to require a skill check, which will be the action. It's you, it's a hostile uh, thing that you're climbing up. It's not easy. Yeah. Like I, we would use movement if it like was like a, a wall, wall or wall. something. Okay, gotcha. He's fighting you off, you know. So it's not. Uh, this isn't easy. So it'll require an action to do it, but you can you can make the attempt, and it'll be a contest. Okay, uh, twenty one. All right, you do it. Uh, you climb, you grab a hold of the disc and hoist yourself up with the super ripped arm and just like, and put a foot up and like in one fluid motion, you get behind him and you wanted to like hold onto him from the back. No, 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 I don't want to get behind him. I want to hug him front to kind of like press his arms in and see if I can stop this okay. guitar and thing. And there's, there's this really but, loud, you know, like, there's this really loud. Now remember, you're filled with rage and charm. So you're not like, you're just, you destroy. So you climb up. And you mute his guitar. I start biting at him and scratching at him. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a this is like sound of like the guitar going, you know, and like it doesn't sound good anymore because this is like a little feedback occurs. Okay, all right, you've climbed up. Yeah, and then um, since that was my action and everything, it would simply be I'm going to uh, take out my knife and I'm gonna get ready to stab him. Sorry, I had a burp, had to mute. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Stanley, you're up. All right, I'm going to continue to try and move just to get into a slightly different position. Oh, I guess I'm hasted, so I've got a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll actually move somewhat behind him. Yeah. I don't want to go off the map, but we'll go, you know, maybe right there. Oh, do you want me to increase? Oh, no, no, no. This is fine. This is fine. This okay. is more than I, got, I can. Uh, I can, you know, move things around if you need more space. Um, and uh, let's see. We want to get rid of one of these orbs. So let's try something to see if it works. I'm going to vicious mockery him and mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, pull out the megaphone and through it, through it, say, your music is awful. I'm truly aghast. I've heard better sounds coming out of Nash's ass. Oh! oh wow. Someone's been flighting. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so is, is that just a saving throw for Henatar? Yeah, Wisdom 17 save. Rolled a 1, so that's not going to work. Uh, oh, but hang on. He absorbs it with more. Yeah. That's bad. fine. It's there to it's there to get rid of an orb. Job accomplished. Yeah. Um, I was rude for you, but 
I was just that that insult was so good. I kind of wanted it to go through, anyways. And I'm like, man, he's got the orb. Sorry. I, I appreciate it. Oh, you know what? We will change our movement a little bit. I want to be within thirty feet. Mm, I can give you inspiration uh, for that one too, because I think that's the oh, best vicious at... mockery you've done. It's pretty good. It's, it's in the top. It's in the top list. Go ahead and inspire your. Character. Oh, nice. You're too kind. Uh, okay. So within thirty feet. Uh, parlay and send diplomacy to go and strike at him. Perfect. All right. Uh, dipl- uh, diplomacy gets near and doesn't get affected by the orb, and you can make your attack roll. It's a seventeen to hit. All right, it hits. Roll your damage dice. That is eight damage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, sweet. So you. It strikes through, piercing him, and it does eight damage as the sword, like, sort of attempts to make a poking motion, because it's a rapier, so you just go, and it seems to get in, and he goes, ow! And you you scored a hit. Awesome. That is my turn. All right, Varel, you're up, and it's time for which skill check? Charisma saving throw, please. Or no, wait, you're stunned? No, you're charmed. Charisma. Look at your notes, Bo. Yeah. Good. Five. You still have the rage. It's the power of metal has like overwhelmed your mind. I want a rock, and I go and kick Hope off of him. Oh, and really? Lizard we... foot just woo. Uh, <laughs> 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 <You're gonna kick laughs> she is the nearest one, I suppose. Okay, perfect. Uh, that's gonna be hopes uh gotta hold on and you gotta kick it's athletics versus athletics let's get a contest going got a 22 all right Varel's kicking off. <laughs> all right you you reach up and kick mega high uh with the power of rock behind you and nail i guess her in the back of the leg and you hold your you lose your balance and fall on your back prone lying back uh on the ground in front of Henatar. continue varel since he is standing and she is now laying would that allow my secondary attack to assault Henatar? he shares the range so you can choose cool I want to wrestle the guitar from him. It's so out of reach. Rock. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to climb up yourself. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll st- I'll start getting on stage. Then I'll start trying to get on the. All right. So your kicking off was an action. Do you have a second action for your turn? I, I seem. Uh, let's let's see. Because I know I've done grappling and attacking in the same turn uh, with the double attack feature, but right, I but this was not a grapple. This was a this was an action. Eh. Gotcha. It's cool. Uh, the sooner we end this turn, the sooner you get your next one, and you can have a redemption arc. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I, I can't stack temporary hit points. Never mind. I will flame burst for four in the area. Okay, you flame burst for four, dealing four damage to Hope and four damage to Hanatar. Damage. Yep, she's got the resist. And there's bum, 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 bum. All right. Henatar then uh, you 
forgetting that he needed to be cautious, then ascends in the air uh, about 10 more feet so that you guys can't grab onto him. And then he begins continuing playing. He's like, feel the power of my ability. Or wait, he doesn't talk like this. Feel the power of my abilities. And he goes, dun, 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 dun. I'm the greatest bounty hunter. All right, I need um, Stanley and uh, Nash to make their charisma saving throws, please, as the metal continues to pierce their soul. That's going to be uh, 19 on the save for charisma. You're immune to charm, aren't you, Stanley? Is that right? Oh, I have advantage against being charmed. Well, this so is a charm effect, again. so, yeah. Uh, I, do- I rolled double 19s. Nice. That Hey, buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> An angel got its wings today. Well, now you're too late. All right. <laughs> you um, you rolled two 19s. Uh, Nash, what did you roll? 17. All right. You guys are both safe from the, the music. And, um, wait. Are you? And then we have to do a constitution, right? Yeah, let me just make sure I write these down. Okay. All right. Um, yes, uh, if you f- save that, then you got to do the constitution saving throw uh, to avoid being knocked down and taking metal damage, psychic damage. Uh, 20 for my constitution. Cool. Uh, that's a 18 for constitution. <laughs> okay, so you guys are both good and not knocked down as well. Uh, Anatar does float up out of reach so you can't climb up. This mistake he's made twice now. <laughs> as, he, as he moves up a little bit more and he continues shredding you and you can the house is like reverberating in the background. Um, and I'm going to roll a dice and he regains two of his orbs. Oh, shit. Uh, Nash, you're up. Okay. I just ate a mouthful of coffee. <laughs> Nash is eating during combat. <laughs> oh, <forgot laughs> reaches into his cloak and takes out the vegetable peelings. And is like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is intense, you guys. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attempt to emulate him. Immolation. At well, level remember, five. His orbs, are, his orbs are absorbing spells. Um, yeah, so but not. on a high level spell. Well, let you me ask. Be careful. Let me ask you this: this the way this works is flames wreath one creature, so it goes around him. He gets like enveloped by it. Does it target the creature? It does. Does that mean the orbs could play a role and stop it? Well, you won't know until you find out. But uh, your instinct is telling you this is not a safe course of action. I mean, my way of gently we, hinting. <laughs> we need to get through those orbs, but maybe save big spells for when there are not orbs. So mm. we know that the same spell just restores an orb, so mm. it, it's it has to be a different spell. That's my observation. I don't know that that's true. Uh, no, no, I'll clear that up just so there's no confusion. There, at the end of his turn, there he regains a certain amount. Oh, okay, so. It wasn't because I did Eldritch Blast again. No, it's because, it because we weren't in we combat and I needed to express the fact that they recharge quickly. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's, they're not, right. you're reading way too into it. <laughs> There's a whole science to these orbs, guys. I was, like, I, I was like, I got the puzzle figured out. I'm really It's a excited. pretty cool idea and I wish I thought of it, but I got to go with what I prepped ahead of time, to be fair. which Because maybe he's OP, I don't know. So you're... We're finding out. It's a play All right. Test. Well, I'm not using that now. Then I'm gonna go dragon. So get ready, everybody. Oh it's shit! Dragon it's dragon time. time. Yeah. 
I'm gonna be a, where is it? Where's my dragon thing? Can't find it. Oh, more you need, for time. You need a dragon token. If you need anything, just yell walnut. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Black dragon. There you go. Giant walnut. I'm a black dragon now, and I'm gonna bear down on that guy. So do I? I still get movement, or does that? Do I waste that on the transformation? You I still get. Remember. You still get movement. It just takes an action to transform because it's such a crazy right. transformation. All right, so I'll transform um, if you don't mind. Right, big, so I'm just looking man. for your thing. I'm just down. I'm south of them. So I have a place where I keep shortcuts stuff in roll twenty, but I'm like, I've put so many things in the shortcut thing. There it is. It's not helpful anymore. Okay, so there you are. I'm just gonna move your guy to the corner. Kaboom, Nash style. All and right. I'll change the name to Nash, and I'll give you control. I think I can do that. Cool. This is determined by character settings. Okay. Turn that off and give it to you. Hang on. Perfect. You now have a dragon. All right. I'm going to move to there. I don't want to get within range yet because I can't do anything about anything. (laughs) So you fly close to Hanatar as he's. You're flying at his level, so now there's a dragon flying through the air towards him as he stands up and he turns to face you and his eyes go wide. He wasn't expecting you to turn into a dragon. You can clearly see he had no foreknowledge of this. This this hunting expedition has been full of surprises for this guy. <laughs> uh, but he's still, you know, insisting in fighting. So, okay. Anything else, uh, Nash? I think that's it for now. All right, Hope, you're up. The make your saving throw because you have your I don't know if we did that did we do that last time no no but okay all right card laid but make one now charisma saving throw please yes excuse me (laughs) I rolled a two and my charisma is a negative two so it's a zero Yeah, the power of your uh, the power of metal still envelops you as you're filled with uh, rage and you attack the nearest thing. Oh to you, yeah, Pharrell. So she looks over yeah. on her back, furious, and she clamors up to her feet. And as she's clamoring up, you know, you can like clamor up, and you're hunched over. She's gonna football charge him on his stomach and try and throw him to the ground. All right, grapple contest between the two of you again. <laughs> Or do you want to push him to the, the ground? Strength. Are you are you trying to like like you trying to push like him to the, the ground and land? You hug the waist and you run them down until yeah. they fall okay. on their back. Let's do let's do this contest, athletics contest. Twenty two. Damn a thirteen. Okay, so she hope runs at you. Attempt to push him down, and he doesn't push down and you're not able to grapple him he stands resolute against your attempts well yeah if, if she's like hug me around the waist uh, just trying to push me and I'm standing strong I'd be like yeah yeah alright perfect uh, anything else uh, during your rage field turn or do you want to move on no because that would have been my action so yeah. that would be it okay Stanley you're up alright Stanley points a finger and is going to fire three shots of Eldritch Blast at the guy Okay, this is one cant- like one use action. It's one cantrip, but it's three attack rolls. Yeah, so the magic gets pulled, all three things get pulled into one orb, and, you know, the orb goes... Okay. Alright, that's fine, that gets rid of an orb, and let's do a bonus attack with diplomacy. Okay, alright, so again, the sword uh, floats up, higher and higher, and attacks. 24 to hit. Mm-hmm. 
It's a hit. Ten points of piercing damage. All right. <laughs> Hinatar spins in a circle trying to, like, dodge the thing, you know, because the sword is, is chasing him, even though he's got the dragon bearing down on him, and it, he's not able to dodge it. And uh, it pokes him again, and, and a little bit of blood appears, splotching his uh, purple robe. And he's like, ah! God's damned it! All right. Uh, anything else? That'll, that'll do it for me. Varel, it is your turn. Oh, Allow me to roll. An 11 for the save. Okay, perfect. Uh, so you are... Yeah, you're still under the effects of the rage. Cool. I would like to take Hope, who is grabbing my waist, and throw her into the air. Awesome. Okay. Uh, it's a grapple contest again. Eighteen. Twenty. Okay. You pick her up and you have her in your arms. Now the act of grappling her and picking her up is gonna be your action. Throwing her, I think, is gonna be uh another feat of strength. So if you have a means of using another action, if not, we'll move on. Uh, how high is uh Hanatar? Hanatar's about thirty feet up now. He's floated okay. up and the dragon sort of Nash is like beelining in his direction in dragon form. Cool. I'll just, uh, I'll bounce her up and down all, uh, crowd surfer style. Okay. It's Henatar's turn now, and Henatar turns to you, Nash, and he looks uh, positively freaked out as, as you get closer. And he goes, he begins, instead of doing his normal move, he begins doing the solo, and he goes, and each time he picks the string these like laser these magic missiles fire out of the um the guitar and they just they pelt you and these are magic missiles so no attack roll i don't they're not needed for magic let me just look that up again i, I thought i knew so. my magic missile text but i'm drawing a blank hang on uh, magic magic missiles are an automatic hit unless somebody reacts with the shield spell, in which case they're deflected. Oh, you know what? Nice. I'm, I'm going to do that. I can. Still, you have a shield spell? I do. I have a shield. And you can burn a reaction? Perfect. Yeah, so let's do that. Nice. Nice call, John. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me. <laughs> I had a character in a different D&D game who probably would have survived if he had remembered that fact. So it is <laughs> permanently etched in my brain. Okay. Perfect. All right, so ten magic missiles fly in your direction. Uh, you're casting shield bash. Yep. All right, so that gives you a bonus to AC, I believe. Right. Yep, it does. And you can use it as a reaction. So as you are bearing down upon the mage, a blue glow of the shield spell, like as you speak out the words or whatever it's required. What is required for the shield spell? Uh, it's important let's for the see. Drama. Components VS. So vocal and what? What's S? I always forget. Somatic. Hand Somatic. gestures. So, so you know, you, you make these hand gestures in dragon form, and do you have any magic words for your shield spell? Is uh, the meow, 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 attacks you. Uh, hey, buddy, turn and cough. These things you're shooting are going to bounce right off. And that's it. <laughs> okay. You yell out those magic words, and blue, blue shielding envelops you. And they get absorbed by the magic missile, and they go. Broom, 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 broom. The bit of counter spell of your own there. Yeah, take that. All right. So, uh, who's next? Uh, 
That's going to be oh okay. Now at the that was his action. We're gonna roll for his shieldy things. He regains one. You got That's none good. left? Or Not just... exactly going through them super quick. Yeah. Yeah. So that means right. he has one, uh, he's got one of those left, is all? He's no? got no, four. He's got... He regained one. So he's at, oh, he's at three. Had Sorry. Three. Okay. Three. All right. Um, but now it is your turn, Nash. All right. Um, so the problem is if I go in for melee, I get hit with an orb, right? Mm-hmm. There's no chance it's to dodge cost. that. Unless it I seems mean, as soon as someone enters range, one of the orbs shoots out this, these blue rings of energy and attempt to stun the target. Okay, well. I'm going to try something. I'm going to try something. So I'm going to come around and move here. Get my movement. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go around here. Okay. And from that vantage point... I am going to. Oh damn it! Didn't have my dragon shit up. Hold on. I'm gonna do a dragon spell from there and see just how it goes. Uh, so I'm gonna do acid breath from there. Okay. Thirty foot line. I'm gonna go straight through him, five feet wide. So shouldn't hit uh, Hope or Varel. Also, they're lower than him, right? He's by about 30 feet right now. Okay. Um, So you need to make a DC 14 dexterity saving throw or or whatever your orbs do. Whatever your magic shitty orbs do. Okay, so you're breathing out fire on them, right? Yeah, acid breath fire. Okay, so uh, you breathe out the acid fire and the orbs have no effect upon this ability and the fire just completely envelops them. You're shooting the beam of fire? Yes. Okay, then what's the damage? Or I have, is there's a DC 14 saving mm-hmm. throw to make yep. that. Okay, he does save. Okay, so you get half as much of the damage. So let me do that. Uh, what is it normally? Sorry, 49, 49, 11d8 acid damage. So I guess I do just whatever half of 11d8, my 11d8 roll is, right? Am I saying yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, roll eleven D eight and use half. Okay, so it's forty so twenty. Twenty points of damage. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so the fire envelops Hanatar and it doesn't hit Hope of Varel. So above you just see a as acid fire burns through um the orbs and everything else, melt like putting holes in his robes and melting his skin. He's like ah! his large scream comes out from the fire uh thing, and then as you're breath stops he's like all charred and 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 his flesh is kind of like starting to drip and melt a little bit and he sort of spins around very confused anything else you'd like to do with your turn uh no i'm good now okay, we now perfect. we know he can take he can't do the acid stuff everyone all right um hope you're up make your saving throw All right, took a while to get there, and here we are. How about a dirty one? <laughs> <laughs> no? Uh, you are still under the effects of, of the uh, the metal rage. All right, so I guess Hope's been chucked up and down, so she's going, ah, well, let me 
down! And she's going to try and punch at his back as hard as she can. Okay, to get let down, or you're just making attack rolls? Uh, just to get let down. Okay, uh, then make another contest, please. Uh, you can use dexterity or athletics, and Varel has to use athletics to hold you in his arms. Or hands, rather. 24. Oh, shit. Wow. Nice. 22. Describe how you get Varel to drop you. I want to punch eyes, him. Do you pull on his teeth? I just, as I'm coming down, I just want to sucker punch him in the snout. I think this is the closest I've ever seen uh, Kyle and Kristen ever have a couples fight, is like this moment right <laughs> here. They're <laughs> just like both fighting each other. Through Dungeons and Dragons. It's a healthy way to express one. Exactly. All right. So she punches your snout, causing you to like actually want to react and hold it because it was so hard. And Hope really knows your weak spots apparently more than you realize. As you punch, as you get punched, and hope you land gracefully on your feet or metal-like on your feet, actually. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? You've used your action. You can move. Yeah, but there's, she's still charmed, so she's going to take. Pharrell's the nearest, unless shoulders. you take a look at Stanley and you're like, "I want to f- beat that guy up." Maybe you'll run and beat that guy up. You can move around. Doesn't it have to be the closest person? It has to be the closest person, but you could run close to something, and you can make ranged attacks. There's an, I didn't put any limit oh, on the kind of attacks. So you can use any of your abilities. You just gotta target the person nearest you. It would still be... Stanley hasn't done anything to interrupt the fight, so it would still be Varel. So okay. she'll take a few deep breaths with the shoulders heaving, and then she'll run at Varel again to see if she can't knock him down. Okay. Keep running out of brick wall, right? Use your action for this turn, but you're, you, you're posing as if you're about to do that next turn. Okay. Stanley, you're up. All right. Uh, he's got three orbs, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to make sure, because with the acid description, you described him going in the acid, and I just want to make sure there's... Yeah, the fire breath did, was not... A, the orbs did not defend him against the fire breath. You know, I don't know... This is a spell cast on me, so I don't know how the influence of it would work. So that's fine. I'm going to go ahead and cast Telekinesis on myself. Okay, it's successful. Is there anything... (laughs) Then using Telekinesis... Hold on, let me see if it requires an action. Well, I think as part of that action, I can use it... Yeah, I believe that's right with telekinesis. We can look it up for sure, but that sounds right to me. I want to try and rip the guitar out of his hands. You said it's not attached to him in any way, so I want to grab the guitar and pull it towards me. Okay. Into my loving embrace. So this guitar is magically connected to Hinatar in some strange way, and pulling it... um, It offers resistance, so you're going to have to make an arcana contest to see who gets control of the guitar. Okay. I mean, any item that's held in general there is, is this a different kind? Because normally well, this it's, is a, this uh, is a, it's a magical object, and it's like attuned to him. Uh, okay. And it's strange. So you can move it, but, you know, like, it's. I think it's card laid, card played. I'm, I'm telling you now, it's requiring okay. an arc- arcane con- arcana contest. Okay, so just do an arcana roll? Yes, please. I'm going to use my DM inspiration to try and make mm-hmm. this work. 
That's a lot better. That's a 23. Okay, you win. I didn't Where think it was going to work, so now I have it, and I don't know what to he do. He rolled lower it. than you. <laughs> so I'm going to can... grab the guitar, and uh, is it an action to play So let me, let me just, to help you with your decision, it's a magical object. It's not likely to be like a real guitar where you can smash it on something and break it. This thing's probably very hard to break. Can I probably indestructible. You know, yeah, it's probably not easily broken. But with magic, can I try to playing it? Test drum you, it. You'd have to strum it, so you'd, it'd need to be close to you. Stanley, yeah, I pull it to my hands. You can, I can move it thirty feet, so I move it. Okay, to me. so you grab the electric guitar magically from it. It's interesting the way this spell interacts with the orbs because the the orbs aren't affected. Like you've cast it upon yourself, and then. There's no spell cast for your telekinesis. You just have telekinesis. So you pull the electric guitar away from him. And he goes, what? No! No! And he's ignoring the dragon now. And he's like, hands are clutched out as you rob him of the electric guitar and bring it to you. So Stanley's going to catch it. I mean, I'm hasted anyway, and I can't really do anything with it. So as an action, Stanley, classically trained in the the loot, Stanley is going to start strumming the guitar... And he's going to say, I'm skilled with a lute. Old school, I know. But I sure as shit can put on a better show. And bam, hit the guitar. See if it okay, does so you nice. aim the guitar magically towards him, and you, you, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, so what ends up happening is as you play the guitar, a fire emerges from the strings and melts upwards and fires a fireball in the direction of... Uh, in the direction of... Henatar. So, uh, Nash, can you give us some fireball knowledge, please? For, for, uh, <laughs> for, uh, so this is a full blown fireball, not bolts. Yes. Ball. Yeah. Okay. At level, so not higher level, if it makes it easier. Just, All right. You know, Here you go. But um, it's going to hit teammates as well, but it's a so giant get fireball. eaten by his orb? Uh, well, good question. Bright Street Flash. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got the orb. It is a spell. The orb does the fireball fires out we don't we won't need the rules then for this it fires out and one of the orbs that gets eaten up and goes bummer i mean it would have been cool and varel offers fire resistance so it would have been okay <laughs> but yeah but you don't know what you're doing it's still pretty awesome that you have the guitar it is kind of cool i hope you keep it have my okay. all right uh oh i should guess i should just say that's my turn Oh no, because I got a bonus action. The, the rape, the rapier stabs him or tries. Okay, it. sure. Make the attack uh, roll. Maybe doesn't. Come on, D and D Beyond. Does so poorly. Roll, uh, twenty-seven to hit. Okay, it hits. Roll your damage dice. Thirteen piercing damage. Okay, perfect. And uh, that's a hit. It stabs him again, producing more blood. And his three heads look around. They're, they're just, they're, he's panicking now as uh, his instrument of destruction is no longer in his possession. And he's, that's nev- it looks like that's never happened before. Okay. Um, next up would be Vero. Make your saving throw, please. 13. All right. You are still rocking. All right. Uh, remind me, what, where's Hope? What's she do? Uh, Hope uh, punched you in your snout and jumped in front of you, and now she's looking to tackle you again. 
Okay. It's like your actual marriage. Just like it. <laughs> yeah. The snout hits have got me down. Uh, I would like to give her the so long Bowser and grab her and start spinning. On okay. My tail. <laughs> Strength contest, please. Does this require a grapple? So long, Nineteen. Fifteen. All right, you grab her by the arm and you begin swinging around like it's a discus immediately. Like there's oh, no, no... The, the tail, the tail. Oh, you grab her by the tail. <laughs> okay, you're spinning her around by her tail. Hope oh, that hurts a lot. Um, as she's spinning you around. Now, this doesn't require a throw. You can just kind of let her go. You'll get more power on the throw if you wait till your next turn, or you can make the attempt to throw it at her now, but the DC for hitting Henatar is going to be much higher. No, I'll get that speed going. All right. Hope you're being spun around. Uh, that brings us to Henatar's turn, and Henatar immediately turns like the dragon's like literally killing him, but he's more concerned about the electric guitar. He turns around with, with Nash behind him, and he attempts to, he has telekinetic control of his own over the guitar. He can make it, you know, he, he's t- attempting to rip it from your grasp magically. And he, his hands reach out and he goes, mine. And he does an arcana contest with you again oh to boy. get the guitar out of your grip. Let's do it. 20, dirty. I rolled another one. Oh my so god! Even, even with his modifier, it's lower than yours as he attempts to do that. And his eyes, he glowers with frustration and he begins to float higher up into the sky to try and get away, to try and run away. So he comes, he moves up 30 more feet, but he doesn't have a turn. There's a risk if he doesn't get killed now, he will, he showed an ability to teleport before. He looks like he's in running mode as he starts to dart way up into the sky. So he's now 60 feet in the air Um, because he's moving out of range and no longer has control of the guitar. Uh, Hope and Varel, you're no longer under the effects of the charm. Um, Nash, it's your turn. He's getting away. Okay. Um, hmm. Oh, and after we roll for his orbs, one sec. So where is he positionally changed? Or yeah, he's now sixty feet in the air, or fifty feet in the air. Sorry. And your teammates will have a hard time if he gets another turn. He'll be out of range for all of your teammates unless they can fly too. Well, I'd like to fly. I can fly twice as high. Reminds me of Reed. And you can chase him. You have 90 feet of flight now that you're in dragon mode, so you can overtake him. Yeah, so I'm But you want to be careful of the stun because you don't want to, you know, unless you want to take that risk. No, no, He can stun you out of the sky. What I'd like to do, it's not, we're not going to be able to see this on this 2D map, but I'd like to outrun him and be in front of the direction he's heading, which is upward. And blast Okay, him. so you, he would only be yeah he would only be thirty feet away from you. So you could you could you could move up like sixty or so, like say forty or so feet, then move and then block his path upwards. You basically could totally block do his that path, with feet. but but while I but the whole point would be not only to block it but to block it with me and a and a fresh spray of acid out of my schnoz. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, does that have a recharge on it? Are you able to just use that many times, or yeah, do you have to no, recharge there's that? There's no cooldown that it says. Let me just make sure I'm saying that right. Um, and if there is a recharge, you, you'll get a free one because we would have forgotten it at your last turn. Yeah, we probably should have. 
Yeah, nothing. There's nothing in here about recharges. So it just okay. says I can roll for Sorry, it. you are the um, adult black dragon now. Large, right? uh, no, young black, I believe. I'm not large adult yet, am I? Uh, depends on your what it says in your rules. Um, yeah, so acid breath is a recharge. Uh, you, you have to roll a d6 at the end of your turn, and it recharges in a five or a six. Oh. So you don't have it right now. Um, so roll a d6 now because I didn't give it to you at the end of your last turn. Okay, let's do that. So go ahead and take that opportunity. D6, you said? Yeah. Five. Okay, it's recharged. You have it up. Okay, then I'll blast him with it. All right. Um, this time I'll say... You thought you were going to get away, but just in case, here's a fresh load in your face. That sounds wrong. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> get inspiration for that. Uh, I got to make a saving throw. Um, uh, 13. Oh, 13. Uh, he makes the saving throw, so okay. it's half damage. Half damage again? Okay. But roll your fiery uh 11d8, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, it's 11d8, right? Hold on. Yeah. Yep, 11d8. 45, so half of that is 23. Okay, so 78. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, 78. No. Sorry, 78 is the total damage you've done to him so far. Correct. Um, okay, so you blow the fire down. And, and at, like, this seat, everyone sees the dragon, like, Nash and dragon form flies above Hanatar and point himself downwards and shoot the column of fire all the way down. How many feet is it? 30. You shoot that out. 30. 60 foot line. And yeah, okay, you're not going to burn Varel and Hope in this. So that's, that's cool. But it just, it's just barely above their heads, this column of fire, okay. as it, it continues to melt and burn his robes. And notably, the disc underneath loses its integrity. And he goes, What? 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 He starts falling to the ground immediately. And he falls through the fire, burning him and melting him. He falls, hits the ground, and Kick creates this huge dust up. Poof. And because nice. he's 60 feet up. Um, he takes an additional 22 points of falling damage. Okay. As he hits the ground, poof. And everyone's cleared of, of any status effects. And he seems. He, he, through the when the fire clears up, you see his limp body lying in the sand, going. <laughs> okay. And maybe that's where we leave it for this week, since we're at time, and you can do what you will with them at the beginning of next week's episode. Yeah, uh, that's great. Dun, 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 dun. So he's not dead. <laughs> we can like talk to him after, or we can we can communicate with the dude. Yeah, I'd like to go on more, but you know we're. All right, we're, it's time for the show to be over, everyone. D and D's got to end sometime. This is all true. Uh, well, well done. Okay, well that's great. Good fight. I'm sure glad I went dragon because what the hell orbs? Those orbs can bite me in the butt. Um, all right, we're gonna go. But uh, next week we'll be back and we'll do another show and we'll continue on our epic journey. So please come back and be a part of it. There will be dungeons.com. In the meantime. Head on over there and be a part of that. In fact, sign up for our Dungeons Plus program where you get rad stuff in the mail and digitally. And, well, it's just a good feeling to know you're supporting your favorite D&D show. So go give it a shot and check it out and read all about it. 
at therewillbedungeons.com. You can email us. You can find us on Twitter. You can do all those things. And hey, while you're around, uh, listening, if you're an audio listener and you're like, man, I sure like this show, give us a review wherever you got it. It's iTunes or, or Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is. We don't care. It just helps us get up there in the viewsability. It's not even a word, but I made it up. Anyway, go do that. It helps us out in lots of ways. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Kyle, for Kristen, for Bo, for Chunks, and for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.